Bad snap. Bobble. Oh. Scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Happy Sunday, East Lansing. Welcome to the Green and White Reports. Hey, we made it this morning. We did. There Trent, was there was some conflicting reports as to whether or not the boys would be here. Yeah, but we are here. We had an NFL injury report all laid out. I yeah. think all of us were questionable, but, but oh, I was doubtful. At doubtful. One, at one point, I was. None doubtful. of us were out though, and none of us are out, which is all that matters. Live to fight another day. Luke Sloan, Trent Valley, our voices are back. Thank you, uh, Zach Serdanik and Liam Jackson, who filled in for us last week. Killed it. They did a great job. But we are back this week. Happy homecoming, East Lansing, to all who celebrate, which is hopefully everybody out there, because right. homecoming is the best unofficial holiday there is. Yeah, if you don't celebrate homecoming, you're a loser. Yeah. How's that? Like, Can I call you a loser? Like, high is school that homecoming was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. they had the dance. We should have a like a Michigan State homecoming dance. That would be What yeah. would we think about that? Just like a... At the Union? Yeah, like a 10,000-person dance. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Put w- it at the Breslin, actually. What yeah, am I that wouldn't be bad. Like, On the concourse. It'd be like prom. Anyways, I guess we'll dive right into it this morning. Once again, a, another win for Michigan State. We haven't talked about a loss yet for the Spartans. Yesterday, 48 31 over Western Kentucky. Michigan State now moves to 5 and 0 on the season. I repeat, 5 and 0 on the season. Peyton Thorne, 327 yards through the air. <laughs> Absolutely. Hank is back. Yeah, Hank is back. We want to say hello to Hank this morning. I love you, Hank. Oh, oh Hank's, he's turning Hank's on, gonna, he's turning on his mic. Say something. I love you back. We also this have a great. special guest, real quick. Just, just, of just course, give a shout time. out, real quick. We got Peyton back in the studio. Associate producer. Have, associate producer. Yeah, yeah we have a. We want to welcome a new uh, member to the Green and White Report family. Uh, yeah. Associate producer Peyton. We're gonna bring, we're gonna bring her on staff soon. She works. She's as a volunteer right now. Yes. So hopefully she'll prove her worth and make it up to the pay <laughs> staff. She did press a button to get the she intro did. going when Hank was running around. Hank is just grinding. Well, Shout thank out. Thank God she did it because usually yeah. I have to do that and I start sweating. Yes. Get a little nervous. See how it works? Yeah. It's, it's going good. She's on a 10-day contract. Peyton is the uh, the MSU football good luck charm as well because she was here for Youngstown, Victory, Western Kentucky, Victory. Yes. So I'm sensing a theme. Keep chopping. She's coming Michigan week, so let's... Uh... Oh. Oh. Whoa, he has trouble with the... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Sunday. Holy. We're just shot out of a cannon this morning. We Keep are. chopping, by the way. Keep chopping, baby. They kept the woodshed that, was unreal last night. They kept putting that on the scoreboard last night. I thought it was just the best thing ever. I was just doing it in the student section. Yeah. I probably looked like a loser, but no, it's okay. Uh, my, my brother and I were doing it like to each other, just like kind of locking eyes and doing it kind of awkwardly. I love it. Yeah, you know it what? Great. I'm becoming a clapper too, like Mel. Like we're off the rails here to start the show. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, Peyton Thorne. Here's his statistics from yesterday. Like. One like Mel last year was a notorious clapper, like yeah. bad, good. He'd be clapping. I'm sitting up there, and there's like a two yard gain. Kenneth Walker runs for like two yards, and I'm clapping. I'm a clapper now. I don't want to be a clapper. You know, you got to walk the line. Like you don't want to be a Jason Garrett type. No, but you also don't want to be like a. I don't know what a good example would be. Bill Belichick, just a stoic, 
kind of a jerk. Big game honestly. for Bill Belichick tonight. Huge game. Oh, we'll man. get to that later. Yeah, lots to get to. Lions, Michigan State. We have Zach Slowick, special guest, coming in at eleven eighteen. But diving back into Michigan State a little bit more. Kenneth Walker the third, another good day on the ground. Twenty four rushes for one hundred and twenty six yards and three touchdowns. Speedy Naylor, Jaden Reed, they each had a good game as well. Obviously, Jaden Reed with that punt return to get Michigan State in the end zone first. He also had 127 yards receiving. Jalen Naylor led all receivers with eight receptions for 128 yards. So they both got into the mix. But I want to talk about something. Once again, the shenanigans will continue because I guess this is a shenanigan Sunday. But the student section is now the deep end. I love that. I how are we feeling about the deep end? I, I, love, I love the deep end. I love the banner they got out front. I also love the graphic they use of the yeah. Sparty helmet at the bottom of the ocean. That was I really cool. I just think it's incredible. The graphic design folks at MSU football remain undefeated. Yeah. Their creative team is the best in college football. They The video content they produce, the Mel Tucker mic'd ups that I listen to at like 10 o'clock at night make me want to go run through a wall. Mel makes it easy on him. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Like He's Mel a Tucker, content machine. Mel Tucker is the MSU content team's MVP. Hank, what do you think of the deep end? New student section name. It obviously, for those who do not know, it originates from Mel Tucker's famous saying after we beat my we, Michigan State journalism, <laughs> beat Miami. <laughs> Take saying, hey, we took him into the deep end, and they didn't come out. Deep the end. Deep end. I, I did not know that they officially dubbed it the deep end. It was quick. It happened really fast. Yeah. Well, you know what else happened fast is <clears throat> we're now going to the woodshed every Saturday. Yeah, right. That happened There's very conf- fast. So I, I, we got all kinds of new nomenclature. You know, a- you know what else is fast? Just Mel Tucker turning the culture around. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Look at Trent dragging us back into not the deep. We're going <laughs> back into the shallow end here because we actually have to talk about some football. But... Kind of a few things to go over. You know, Western Kentucky, I think this game played out pretty much like we expected it to. Western Kentucky, 488 yards through the air. Michigan State had 519 total yards of offense. Western Kentucky had 556. I thought, I think we thought it was going to be a shootout. Obviously, Western Kentucky, 15 points in the third quarter. Not really the way Michigan State wanted to finish the game. But I think if you had to ask me, and what I was telling people before the game, is that, you know, it's going to be a shootout. So... It, it, it pretty much played out like we thought. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I guess the one concern that I have for this team, and I think everyone in Spartan Nation kind of shares this sentiment, it is the second half kind of letting your foot off the gas a little bit. And that's something that I think is easily easily corrected. Um, but, you know, we kind of saw that against Youngstown State. We saw that against Nebraska a little bit. You, you, you let the foot off the gas and you let the team back into it a little bit. And, you know, it is what it is. But still, you know, if you just look on the stat sheet or just the scoreboard, Michigan State did roll. It was wire to wire. Jaden Reed obviously blowing the place open with his, you know, punt return touchdown. That was unbelievable. Yeah, to start the game. And I just don't know when people are going to learn that they they probably shouldn't kick to him. I don't know. Pick a different plan. Yeah. Two just massive punt returns in a row. I mean, obviously, the the game-tying punt return touchdown against Nebraska. I was not able to be at that game, but it looked like just another electric day in the city. And then this punt return touchdown just kind of got the team going. But there's kind of a theme. You know, this wasn't necessarily the the prettiest win in the world. They would have liked to finish the game better. I mean, they rolled in the first half. Yeah. Kind of I mean, that's when the game was won. That's the thing yeah. is you win the game in the first half, and then it's just kind of sleepwalking through the second, and that, that, that's got to get cleaned up. 21 points in each of the first two quarters, only six points in the second half, but a win is a win. And considering I had this Michigan State team at 6-6 six and six entering the year, considering they're 5-0, and oh, I mean, Feeling I, good. I need to keep blinking or something or 
rub my eyes. It do, I it doesn't feel real. I mean, the expectations for this team have skyrocketed in a month. I mean, it's October third, and this team is sitting at five and zero. With how dreadful they were last year, I don't know if anyone saw this coming. No yeah, I, I I'll, I'll tell you right now. Last night after the game, I'm walking to an undisclosed location with my brother, and he said to me. You know, he's a Chippewa, but he's an honorary Spartan. He says, dude, what does it feel like to be 5-0? and And it it really sunk in at that moment, and I was like, okay, yeah, this team's pretty good. I don't know. Like, I think I'd be interested to get your opinion on this, Sloan, but I think the expectations now have risen for that Penn State and Ohio State game, not necessarily to win them, but to at least compete and try to keep it, you know, a 10-point game, a 7-point game. That'd be a huge improvement just from, year, from last year, let alone the last five years. I mean, this team has almost kind of set its own expectations. Correct. I mean, none of us are really sitting around here saying, oh, you know, well, maybe some of us are, like, oh, Big Ten East Championship crown, you know, you know, contending for a Big Ten championship potentially. But this team has played itself into those expectations. I mean, even today, pulling up the standings, you know, prepping on the show sheet a little bit, thinking about Ohio State in my head, I thought – Oh, you know, Ohio State will be in the mix. Penn State's got a really good team. But then in the back of my head, I just kind of thought, wait a second, this Michigan State ball club's 5-0. and Michigan ball club down the road's 5-0. and I mean, in, in recent memory, I can't really remember the Big Ten East being this strong. I mean, you have a solid Rutgers team that's going to make a bowl. I know Maryland just got pounded by Iowa, but they're a solid team. Indiana, obviously, they're not having a great year, but you can't count out Tom Allen. From top to bottom, the Big Ten East is just a juggernaut. Yeah, I, I feel like the Big Ten East in football has, has really kind of tried to save the Big Ten basketball season last year yeah. when everyone flamed out. They're making up for it. These I football guys are. are balling. I mean, you're gonna how many New Year's bowl games you're gonna see from the I mean, regardless of who makes the Big Ten title game out of the Big Ten East, I mean you're gonna see an Outback Bowl team from the Big Ten East, you're gonna see a Citrus Bowl team from the Big Ten East. It's a gauntlet, and it's gonna be a good test for this Michigan State team. I mean, the expectations, we made them pretty clear the last time we hopped on air. You know, Trent and I both think this is an eight or nine win football team now. I mean, obviously a bowl game was considered optimal. Now a bowl game is, you know, it has to happen. It's right there. So it everything is out in front for this team. A couple other little nuggets about the game. Just a couple little thoughts we wrote down. Cal Holiday got called for targeting. I believe it was early in the fourth quarter. I'm not really sure what I saw there. So I completely missed this because yeah. I was actually leaving the stadium. I, we I, left after the third quarter. It was a ghost targeting, if, if there was such a thing. Phantom? Yeah, phantom, phantom targeting. targeting. Phantom flag, phantom target. It was terrible. Okay. I mean, he 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 the, the Western Kentucky was driving toward the red zone. Cal Holiday... There was a, I think it was the quarterback, slid. Cal Holiday lowered his shoulder to try to tackle him. The, the player, the Western Kentucky player, went underneath his tackle. Minimal to no contact was made. The flag came out targeting Cal Holiday, by the way, coming out of nowhere. Under-recruited, three-star, and now he's a starting linebacker on this team. So nevertheless, really a shame he's going to be gone for the first half of that Rutgers game, but... That was just a, a head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like those situations you, you should be able to appeal that. I don't yeah. know. I, uh, just kind of like kind of like in professional sports, you can appeal penalties yeah. or and I'm, you know, ta- suspensions. I'm talking about I'm talking about the suspension. Yeah. Like, like obviously, I get I get the targeting things kind of a judgment call, and when it happens, it happens. And sometimes they look at it, and sometimes they don't, and they throw them out for the game. But like when it's when it carries over into the Rutgers game, and like a potential trap game for the Spartans, and Big we'll talk time. about that in a little bit here. I think you should be able to appeal that and just kind of look at the tape. I completely agree. I don't 
I don't argue with the ejection from the game. Sure, we can yeah, let it stand. That's what I mean. That's but, fine. Yeah, but... Appeal to the Big Ten office, the rules committee, somebody. Nevertheless, 517-884-8989. You can also tweet us using the hashtag GWReport. The question is the following, kind of bringing it full circle, because this is what we do on the Green and White Report. So, obviously, there are two 5-0 and football teams in this state. Big victory for the Michigan Wolverines as well. Got to give credit where credit is due. Going into Camp Randall, winning for the first time since 2002. Two 5-0 and teams in this state. Obviously, on fans on either side of the rivalry. Are these fans willing, and are you willing to put the hatred aside to see two undefeated teams when October 30th rolls around? That is the question. 517-884-8989. Because that game week... That buildup would be unbelievable. As a selfish member of the media here, yes, I would rather both teams be undefeated. It will add to the juice. College game day will probably be here. ESPN. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it it's like as, as a sports fan, it's a can't-lose situation if both teams are, are undefeated and the Spartans roll out. You know, they basically take the Wolverines to the woodshed. And I they keep chopping. Chop keep chopping. We're, we're chopping in the studio this morning. Hand them their first L. I think, I mean, differences aside, I understand it's the rivalry. These teams hate each other. I know this is kind of a softball question, some may call it. But I think it's a layup that you need to put all hatred, any bias aside to propel these two teams to being undefeated. For Michigan State, the path isn't as long. Both teams do have a bye. Michigan goes to Nebraska next week. Then they have a bye. Home against Northwestern. The path is there to 7-0. and Michigan State at Rutgers, like what you said, it is a trap game. But then they go to Indiana as well. Neither one of those is a softball game. We were just talking about the Big Ten East. But nevertheless, two 7-0 football teams headed into October 30th, Halloween weekend at the Woodshed would be an unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a top five moment in my four years here, I think. 100%. If, if, if the Spartans were to pull it off, you know what I mean? You got two undefeated teams. It's your rival. It's your biggest game of the year. That would honestly be the biggest game, the biggest football game of our tenure here, Sloan. Or sporting events. I mean, Probably. there's been some big ones. Yeah. I mean, last men's basketball season, we had the pleasure of being there. The Illinois game, the Ohio State game, the Michigan game that they won. There were some big ones, but, I mean, this might trump it. Yeah, probably. So my I mean, question to you guys is, yes. what, what was going through your mind as you're watching, you're watching Michigan actually take care of business yesterday in, in Wisconsin? Here's my thing. I, I, don't want, I do not want my message to get misconstrued here <laughs> because I think I, I know what Hank's getting at. I am not by any means rooting for Michigan to win so that this will happen. I'm simply saying if it does happen – it's going to be a great thing for sports and for, honestly, for the rivalry and the university, both schools, and it's just like, it'll be a cool thing. Do I hope Michigan loses by 40 next week? Yeah, I do. This is what the state needs. Last year, pandemic. Yes. No fans. We all were in our homes. It was terrible. Imagine two 7-0 and football teams here, which is a bonus, Right. going at it for Paul Bunyan. Obviously, Michigan State trying to keep it home. Be unbelievable. Packed house. 517 884 8989 is the phone number. Any reaction as well to Michigan State's 48-31 win over Western Kentucky? You can text us using that number. You can also tweet the show with the hashtag GWReport and follow the show on Twitter at GWReportWDBM. The question remains, can you put your hatred aside for two 7-0 football teams headed into October 30th? More MSU football on the way next. Reporter Zach Slovak will be joining us live in studio for more Spartan football. You're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM.
Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Happy Sunday. Happy homecoming, East Lansing. Thrilled to be continuing to talk Michigan State football live in studio, joined by WDBM's own Zach Slowick. Zach, how are you doing this morning? I'm great, Luke. How are you guys doing? Good, good. So, obviously, wrapping a little bit about Michigan State, the big win yesterday, 48-31 over Western Kentucky. Michigan State now improving to 5-0 and on the season. Like we said, Peyton Thorne, 327 yards and a touchdown. Kenneth Walker the third. He rushed for 126 and three touchdowns. But before we get into the X's and O's, thoughts on the deep end? See, it was electric last night. I Absolutely. Think so. Do you like the new name? Yeah, the, we were the consensus between the three of us and associate producer uh, Peyton, who is new to the show, is we love the deep end. Peyton's also two and zero in her time as a Spartan. So shout out. Go green. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it. If whatever works, honestly, when you have the Spartan marching band walking out and the student section's going absolutely ballistic, I think that's a pretty good sign for what's going to come for when the game kicks off. Um, other than that, huge shout-out to the marching band last night. They were awesome. We got the alumni back out. Um, Dude, how about the the 5-0 and all they put on the field at halftime? That was Bold very, that was very nice. Yeah, that was a nice touch. I loved that. Hey, stay tuned. Impact89fm.org. Uh, marching band content soon to be released by one Zach Slovak. So stay tuned. Marching uh, band content. I do have to ask, what's more electric? Is it the player entrance or the marching band entrance? I think it's debatable. I, well, marching the thing band, about the marching, marching band, band is they hands come, down. They come across the river and all that. Like the whole, it's so theatrical. When, so when that the dude, adds to it. I don't know what his name is, but when the dude goes. The drum back major? And he, yes. And he puts his hat back. And he touches the ground. Yeah, I, I lose my mind every time. Hank falls on the pavement. My mind that does Hits it his for head. Hank. The <laughs> drum major just does it for Hank. I love it. I loved it every game I go to. Well, this week Big. they came out in the block S, which I haven't seen. Well, I haven't been able to see. This is my first week up in the press box. Um, they came out in the block S, not playing music. Uh, their drums were kind of just banging, and the crowd was just going crazy, screaming, "Go like green, a slow go rumble." Yeah. And then it just erupted, broke out the fight song. Sparty came running out to the light show we had yesterday, and yeah, they, <laughs> they knew me. they knew what they were doing. The light oh. show was fantastic, by the way. The night games, we're, we're, more on this later in the show about game day atmosphere at Michigan State, but the light show is a nice touch. It's wonderful. I mean, I'd like to do it when the other teams like throwing the ball on third down. I don't think yeah. the NCAA would love it, but. Might get some hate. We already <laughs> kind of push it because the DJ plays music like up until two seconds before the uh, opposing team snaps the ball, but we can keep that as our little secret. Anyway, Trent, I'll bounce it to you so we can t- talk some actual X's and O's and some actual football here. Once again, joined by Zach Slowick in studio. Yeah, that is why we have you here. So I need I need to ask you, you know, what are your updated expectations for this team? Because when I look at this Michigan State roster right now and just like the culture here, Mel Tucker, obviously, I don't think anyone knew that this team would start 5-0. and What I do think everyone knew is that last season was a bit of an anomaly in, in, in many ways. Mark D'Antonio kind of left you high and dry. There wasn't going to be a season, then there was a season. A lot of, uh, lot of D'Antonio guys still on the roster, stuff like that. So now, with all that taken into consideration, are you surprised this team is 5-0, and and what are your updated expectations? Uh, I am not surprised. Um, you have... Uh, like we saw, we have 20-plus transfers come in. All those kids want to compl- want to play and they want to compete. Uh, every single one on that field wants to start. Um, you have guys like Malik Carr who transferred over from Purdue and was probably expecting a little bit more of a role in the tight end before Connor Hayward switched over, and he is just absolutely blown up on special teams. Um, so guys like that, um, 
Joiner from Auburn, another one. He had like four special team tackles against Nebraska. That's kind of unheard of. And then we saw him get more reps at running back because of what he's doing on special teams. Um, Mel talked about it yesterday, how big special teams are. It's a third of the game, and it really is. And when you guys guys like that wanting to do it, you have Reed wanting to return punts. Um, I think that's just a recipe for success. I think, you know, you bring up a really good point. You know, playing guys like Joyner, guys like Carr, those high-profile transfers on special teams, I think – a lot of people just kind of think, oh, you know, it's special teams. The the hardworking walk-ons are going to go, you know, be on the punt team. But with how dreadful the special teams were last year, playing those your best guys on special team, your best athletes, your most talented players, it's not really like a sexy new philosophy. I think a lot of teams shy away from it, but it's a big time plus in my opinion, having guys like Joyner, you know, big time athletes going on special teams. Zach, kind of keeping it big picture. In the first segment, we talked a little bit about you know the two football teams in this state. Obviously, Michigan five and zero, number fourteen in the country, beat Wisconsin at Camp Randall yesterday for the first time since two thousand two. This Michigan State football team, as you said, five and zero, a pretty reasonable path to seven and zero for both these teams. I guess the question is, do you see both these teams making it to seven and zero before October thirtieth? And as someone who's part of the rivalry. Is it mature, and do you want to put that hatred aside to make sure both these teams are 7-0 and headed into October 30th? Because the game week would be off the charts. So I thought this week was going to be a good test for Michigan to just see kind of what they were. Um, and then I watched that game and realized that Wisconsin looked terrible. Um, like, extra terrible. Graham Mertz. Uh, questionable. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you in the first twenty minutes of a game you have negative two yards and start the game with more yards than you have over a quarter in. Um, but so I still want to see Michigan play somebody. I'd like to see some Michigan play somebody like um, Nebraska or somebody with a very very strong run defense because everyone knows they like to pound the rock. Um, I want to see them if they can throw the ball because as all Spartan fans know, that's where our secondary has kind of been more sketchy than our run stop this year. Um, and I would just like to see what they got going on. This defensive line, to me, has been like the unsung MVP of the team. Uh, do you agree? Absolutely. When you have your starting DN go down and the next two games you cannot tell a difference, that's huge. Yeah, they just got guys who can tear through. and they, they, Like you said, they like to plug up the run. And like that, that you know, we'll talk about the Michigan game when we get there, but I do think that's going to be a big key to the game. They rotate so many bodies. I mean, I know you're a hockey guy. WDBM hockey reporter, by the way. Yeah. Hockey, hockey season on the clock, literally less than a week from now. Friday, but, Air Force. Big game. But they, they almost rotate players in on the D-line like line changes in hockey. Fresh bodies. I mean, they have a lot of depth on that side. And, you know, once again, that was something they struggled with last year a lot. So it's important to see it you know them kind of step up I want to talk about Peyton Thorne a little bit I you know I everyone including me thought Anthony Russo was going to be the guy when he transferred in from Temple but Peyton Thorne has quietly gone out only turned the ball over one time this year went 20 of 30 for 327 last night in a TD I mean completed 67 percent of his passes I know it's Western Kentucky and you know they they had 556 yards to themselves Michigan State put up 519 but Peyton Thorne He's kind of the straw that stirs the drink for this Michigan State team, and I, I feel like he's still. Exi- I appreciate that. Nothing like a nice Izzoism. There you go. Izzoism, nice, nice touch. Cliches are bad. We're, we're taught that, but I'm sorry, had to use that one. Anyways, Peyton Thorne. I feel like he's still kind of under the radar. First off, great mullet. Saw it in person yes. last night. <laughs> it's rocking. He's no Matthew Coglin, but 
excuse me, Matt Coughlin, who, Matthew Stafford. Like, yeah. That's like calling Matt Stafford Matthew Stafford, even though you got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Thorne looked great. Um, I think Mel knew exactly what he was doing when he started Thorne. He knew Thorne was a good quarterback. He also knew he had that wonderful connection with Jaden Reed. Um, they also went to high school together, if anybody yeah, didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he didn't know. And, yeah. and played middle school, if you haven't read in every article ever written about either one of them. And or every TV the, broadcast In the same year. vein, I would also like to just bring up that Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw went to high school together. I did not, you didn't I didn't know, know that. Catcher, catcher duo. <laughs> yeah, they, right. might, they might have been the battery. So anyways, carry on. So, uh, I mean, that was super exciting. I also think Mel wants as many starters coming back next year. What you see, Reed has another year of eligibility. Thorne's got two, right? Yep. yep. Naylor as well. Naylor, Naylor as well. can come back. Um, you're going to lose some O-line, but the way he rotates full units, first and second offensive line, when you see five different guys come on the field every other drive, it's kind of it, intimidating. It, it's real confusing as a writer and as an announcer, I'll tell you that. It yeah. almost is like, and I was thinking about this last night, you kind of have to be a people pleaser these days as a coach. I mean, in the, I mean we've already seen Kalen Gervin, Chase Klein hit the transfer portal. I feel like, and Zach, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see if you share these thoughts, but I feel like you have to play more guys consistently to keep them on the team and, and please everybody. But it, it keeps, it's not a bad thing. Keeps guys healthy, gets a lot of guys in the mix, fresh bodies. I think it's innovative and something we haven't really seen before. I mean, he doesn't release a depth chart. I mean, I know that's kind of a coach thing Nick Saban tree shout out but maybe it's because he just wants the best guys to play and it's a constant competition I think that's absolutely correct um the secondary we see change every week um no one in the world expected Trey Mosley to be our wide receiver three and he has taken off this year yeah 57 yards on three targets strong last Great night the slot yeah amazing he can fly too which uh, Mel had a great quote last night talking about, uh, or another reporter asked him about a yards after catch, and Mel just goes, "Yak's good. I love Yak." <laughs> that was all he said on it. Hey, I, I, Trent, I know Trent's got a question about uh, Reed yes, Naylor, but you told me this last night when I saw you after the game. Uh, Angelo Gross in the post game press conference sounded just like a fantastic time. So enlighten the listening audience out there about uh, Sugar Weasel, as Mel calls him, and his antics in the postgame presser, because right. it, it was golden. Angela Groves, 150% funniest guy on the Spartan football team. Uh, so he had a, his presser, he came out with um, Michael Dowell, and they asked Michael Dowell a, a question. He gave a two, three-minute response. And they asked Angela Groves, how do you feel? Do you, I completely agree. Would you like to elaborate on it? Keep chopping. And that was it. <laughs> Keep chopping. And then he's doing these funny hand motions with the biggest smile on his face. And then he'll just go straight face and sit there. Yeah. And just a, stare at the he's, camera. He's having a good time. They have those games like during TV timeouts in the stadium where they're like, Auto owners insurance, uh, no free plugs. Auto owners insurance, uh, name that Spartan or whatever. They need to do one for like funniest guy on the team and it'll be jello gross oh i call him jello it has to be he, he sugar said, weasel yeah <laughs> great nickname sugar weasel that is like up there with muscle hamster shout out nathan stern yeah um uh zach my question for you like i guess what i'm most interested to get your opinion on is the whole reed naylor situation because i have been so pro reed in terms of who your number one is just because of his speed and his hands but yesterday he had a big drop, and Naylor obviously had the bigger game on the stat sheet. So my question to you is, like, who is the true number one on this team? 
In my eyes, it's still Reed. I agree. Or in my eyes, it's Kenneth Walker. But wide receiver okay, standpoint, yes, yes, uh, wide receiver, it's Reed. But if you can have two wide receivers have the ability to drop a hundred re- receiving yards and twelve receptions combined, uh, that's kind of unheard of. And without Speedy Naylor, as the Miami hosts loved calling him, yeah. Uh, Great nickname. Reed gets double teamed. He has a safety dangled over top of him. They're bracketing him. He can't run those posts that he gets open on so often. Um, And then running those crossing routes that they run. When you have guys that can run downfield 40 yards and cross in under four seconds and Peyton Thorne can take a five-step drop and hit him, um, that's amazing. And this, that's this what they've been able room, to do. This receiver room is just fast as hell, man. Like, that's the bottom line for me. Can we talk about the blocking of Connor Hayward? Yeah. Connor Hayward. Talk about an unsung hero. Who would have thought that, number one, he would switch positions to tight end and then start and contribute? I mean, he's been a, a key cog. I mean, I don't think it can be overstated how important he's been to this team. Yeah, he's a bowling ball. I counted he is. four pancake blocks yesterday. Yeah, dude, that's the stuff that doesn't show up in the from a sheet, running but... back slash tight end. I mean, think about it. Even like on third downs, you, you know, I like they, they, they. I'm a joiner guy as well. They like to use him on third down. He's kind of a big body that can block. You can line Hayward up at tight end if you know you're worried about the opposing team's pass rush. Maybe looking at Michigan, we'll see. But he's he's like a chess piece. They split him out wide every now and again. He'll still pop in the backfield a little bit. Line up as an H back. He's the Swiss Army knife. He's like Taysom Hill. Well, and the great thing about having a guy like Connor Hayward on your team who can block the way he does is now you don't have to pull two guards. You can pull one guard and have Hayward follow, and now you have an absolute wall. Advantages, man. My last question for you before we have you take off is, what what do you think is going to happen in this Rutgers matchup? Hopefully, and I'm faithful about it, a big Spartan win. I know Rutgers is looking good. Um, Respectable. It's a, it's, we were talking in the last – it's kind of a trap game. It definitely it can be a like trap it, game. Yeah. Rutgers is not the Rutgers we used to think they were, where we're like, oh, this is a game by 50. Rutgers turned into a good football team. Greg Schiano, um, re- respect the hell out of what he's doing there. They're, you know, they're gritty, defensive-minded. This is not a game that State should be sleeping on. No, not at all. They're definitely a good game. Next two games are going to be – they're going to be dogfights, as Mel would like to say. And that's the type of games he wants to be in. Um, and then we get the bye, and then we got the big one everybody's waiting for. But obviously one game at a time, uh, Rutgers is up, and MSU's just got to show up and show out, get full four quarters of football. Um, they're definitely, the last two weeks have seemed like they're a first-half team. And you lose games when you're a first-half team. So they need to figure out how to play a full four quarters, and they'll be ready to rock. Joined by Zach Sloak once again. Thank you, Zach, for coming in this morning. You can catch Zach's work at impact89fm.org. You can also see his stuff at WDBM Sports on Twitter. Zach, what's your Twitter handle as well? It's uh, Sloak, S-L-O-W-I. Okay. He's going to be all over <laughs> 77. <laughs> He's going to be all over this hockey team, too. Uh, we got some Michigan State hockey coming up. He'll be a frequent guest on the show for some Michigan State hockey. So stay tuned for that. But, Zach, thank you for coming in. On the other side of the break, we're going to have a college football rush. Bring in Henry. Talk a little bit about what happened in the college football landscape on Saturday. You're listening to the Green and White Report. 
Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Once again, thank you to Zach Slowick for joining us in studio. He's going to cover some hockey. He's going to cover some football this year for WDBM. He will be a frequent guest He's on a beast. the show. He's he, a beast, He man. is a beast. All, all, great friend, great reporter, great all-around guy. Anyways, it was a big Saturday in the world of college football. We're going to bring in Henry Menegos now for a college football rush. Henry, take it away, sir. College football rush, here we go. Rush question number one. After falling to... Th- to 3-2 and two with the loss to Auburn yesterday, is LSU coach Ed Orgeron headed toward a firing? This is a weird, like, it's like a trap question, if I, if that's a thing. Because I feel like anytime you win a championship, no matter how bad you are the next two or three years, you kind of get two or three years of immunity. But we are starting to see that start to wear <laughs> off. Because obviously Joe Burrow was the single biggest reason for that LSU team and that it's not a dynasty because they only won one, but just those teams. And now it's kind of like, okay, you don't have a generational talent at quarterback. Now we got to see what you're really made of in terms of coaching, recruiting, all that stuff. So is he heading towards a firing? Maybe. I don't know. I, I wish I could give you a more straight-up answer, but I, I, would say, I would lean towards no, but I understand the sentiment of where the question's going. Joe and Joe might have been the key to LSU. Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, obviously Joe Brady, offensive coordinator when they won the title in 2019. Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator now. I can 100% guarantee at this moment that at this time next year he'll be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, he'll get a job. Looking at you, Cincinnati Bengals, take yourselves to the next level. Yeah, Fire Zach right. Taylor. You could go reunite and it, them. More on that to come. We all, NFL rush coming up in the next hour as Can't well. Wait. God, I love the NFL. But back to this question. Ed or... You know, it's just a weird situation down there in the bayou. And I know this isn't a buy or sell, but if I had to buy or sell him getting fired, I'd buy it. For some after reason, the season or, or I think after the season. Okay. For some reason, it just seems like the pressure is on. Like you said, they haven't been the same since Burrow and Brady left. The defense has been a mess. They've you know they've they've got their third defensive coordinator in three years since winning the title. It everything is just it's it's puzzling how far this team has fallen and. The SEC, it just means more. The expectations down there are different. And, I, you know, I'm a, as big an Ed Ogeron guy as there is because I think he's hilarious and he's a drop waiting to happen. You know, go Tigers. Yeah. You know, Death Valley. It's where opponents' dreams come to die. Go to press conference. Yeah, not anymore, apparently. But he, he's <laughs> our guy, but I think the future is bleak. I think the last point that I really want to hammer home, and you you alluded to it, it's different in the SEC, man. Yeah. I would I would. It's a different it dog. To, I would equate it to those days when LeBron was playing in the East and just owning the Eastern Conference. And like guys were. Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year and was fired by the Toronto Raptors simply because he couldn't beat LeBron James. Yeah. So it's almost the expectations like, are just different. Yeah. And you're in the SEC and it's, it's really the belly of the beast. And some people just aren't cut out for it. I'm not saying Coach O yeah. isn't. Good is I, not good enough. Because if Coach O is to go somewhere else, he'll stay in the, he'll stay in the Power Five. A million and, percent. And he will get a program back on its feet, I think. But I just, you know, at LSU, like that job. Like you, you, you can't have seasons like this one. It's a top five job in college football, and hey, it'll probably be open. After three straight wins, bouncing back to the, after their or, or home loss to Oregon, are the Buckeyes still the heavy favorite to win the Big Ten East? You know what? The big, bad, evil Buckeyes, as much as people wanted to get down on them, especially in this state after that loss to Oregon, until they prove otherwise... I'm just. I have to default to them as as who's going to come out in the Big Ten East. I mean, we talked about it in the last couple segments. Talked about it with Zach a little bit. The Big Ten East is nasty, and there's only one team in there who's proven to get through it every season. And I, you know, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to give Ohio State the benefit of the doubt. C.J. Stroud, 
big game yesterday. Defense slowly starting to improve. I'm still high on the Buckeyes. I guess I would take it in a little bit of a direction, different direction. I think that Ohio State will win the Big Ten East, but the key word for me is heavy favorite. And I would lean, I, I would push back on that a little bit for one reason, and that's Penn State. I think Penn State looks fantastic. I think they've got it figured out as well. And I would, I would argue that their wins are a little bit more higher quality than Ohio State. It's early. It's still early. We're only five games in. But Penn State has impressed me a little more than Ohio State, given all the context. But Sloan, you are exactly right in that Ohio State is finally starting to turn the corner and gel a little bit. And and yeah, I mean, I think they're going to win the Big Ten East, but I don't think heavy favorite is fair enough to Penn State and what they've been able to do. I think the 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 margin for error is is quite slim. You know, if if they're thinking college football playoff after that loss to Oregon, they're gonna have to run the table and win the Big Ten. That's so, true, and I think they know that. And yeah, you know. I mean, Ohio State they've never backed down to a challenge before, and you know this is gonna be a big one. So, like you said, they know it. Rush question number two: Georgia is off to a five and zero start after beating Arkansas thirty seven to zero on Saturday. Is this Kirby Smart the Bulldogs' best chance at national championship in recent memory? It's hard to answer this question, like I, because the thing is, is is this their best chance? I don't know because they were one throw away from winning it a couple years ago, twenty seventeen yeah. and tw- was it twenty eighteen? Whatever. I think it was eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen playoff. So it's like, I would say no, this isn't their best chance. But I do like the. I I like Georgia a lot actually. Like that's their my, defense. Trent is unbelievable. There's some dogs. Like they're bulldogs. To pun, be, pun intended. You know, the one thing I'm concerned about Georgia, they have just an unbelievable team, but they have quarterback problems. Is it JT Daniels? Is it Stenson 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 Bennett? Just, Dude, a, just, just a great SEC quarterback sounds name. Sounds like a cologne name. Yeah. Like, like what that's what you would name your fragrance. The Bennett from Stenson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're gonna have to make a promo for that. Audio production in the house. Audio assistant yeah. Peyton as well. She's the jack of all trades. Talk about Taysom Hill. <laughs> Talk about a Swiss Army knife yes. right there behind the glass. I just completely lost. Oh, yes, Georgia, of course. They had, they had, Georgia had Next four. Question. Yeah, Georgia had four guys who rushed for over ten yards. Not sure about the quarterback until they prove that. I'm going to be out on him, even though the team looks great. That's fair. That's a fair criticism because I guess if the bar is Alabama yeah. and the bar is winning a national championship, that's a huge hole. I agree. Rush question: How much stock are you putting into Michigan's 38 to 17 win at Cap Randall? You know. I don't want to be a traitor on what I've said on previous shows. I know this is a wounded Wisconsin team. Graham Mertz is not the answer at quarterback. Their offensive line is kind of painfully average, which is weird. But it has to be said, you know, they haven't won in Camp Randall since 2002. It's kind of a monkey off your back game. I think a little luster is off just because it's not a great Wisconsin team. But this is not a game Jim Harbaugh wins at Michigan. So for that, I'm not going to go back on what I said, and I'm going to give them credit for winning this game. Is it the banner win that I think launches them into a a college football playoff discussion? No, I don't think it is. But is this something that you look at as a win, a positive step? I I have to say it is. I mean, I'm not going to go back on what I said. Harbaugh, you know, regardless of what kind of Wisconsin team it is on the other sideline, that's not a game that he wins. And they went out and they took care of business quite handily. So I'm going to give him credit. Yeah, I can't really diversify the conversation here because I agree with you, Sloan. There's the age-old question of, is it something? Is it nothing? Is it everything? It's not everything, and it's not nothing. It's something. To yeah. go up there and to get That's that win, like it. you said, Sloan, first time winning at Camp Randall since 2002, and we know these Wisconsin teams as of late have been respectable. So it's a good win, but it's still Zach Slowick sat here 10 minutes ago and elaborated on it. 
I still would like to see Michigan beat a a proven opponent. And I guess you could say that's not really their fault. So we'll see when that yeah. comes around. Yeah. But hey, Michigan gets a push up front. They know how to run the ball, and they they seem to be peaking right now as well. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Next question. I lost my spot after Saturday's <laughs> overtime loss to Stanford. Our number three Oregon's playoff hopes crushed. Probably the same situation as Ohio State. Have to run the table. I mean, because the college football playoff committee is going to want to get the Pac-12 and the left coast market into the mix, they're going to do everything possible to get Oregon in. And a one-loss Oregon team would make the playoff, especially with that win against Ohio State. So running the table, winning the Pac-12 gets them in. But kind of like we said with the Buckeyes, you know, we both agreed both, you know, if Oregon and Ohio State are both going to make the playoff, they're going to have to win out, win their conferences. I actually agree with you 100%. I think that it would be great for college football and great for the playoff format if the Pac-12 is able to get back there. And Oregon agree. is obviously their their ticket there. And I think I also just in general believe that the Ohio State win and beating Ohio State by seven, that nullifies a loss in my opinion because you're yes. it's like beating Alabama. Like if you beat Alabama but you've got a loss and you play in the SEC, you know, like, I, I don't know who, who would be the, the one to do it, but my point is just that that, to me, is enough to offset a loss and keep you in that playoff conversation because let's not lie to yeah. ourselves. They're, like th- this is the, be- the SEC is the best conference in football, and I know we're talking about the Pac-12, but the point is you're not going to have an unblemished record. No, you're not. I, I think you put it beautifully. You know that Stanford loss is nullified from that. No one goes to Ohio State and wins in the non-con. Nobody. There's been two teams in recent memory that have done it. This Oregon team... And Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield, and right. we know how good that Oklahoma team was. So I think it could be a similar path for both teams. Next question: Indiana lost twenty-four to zero to Penn State on Saturday. Are we officially off the Indiana football hype train? Was there ever a hype train? I think I, last year there definitely was a hype train. Okay, bit. that's fair. Tom Allen was a Twitter beast. You know, yeah. Michael Penix. You know, they came here won twenty-four nothing last year. I think there was definitely juice and. I mean, what do you think, Trent? Is it gone? I mean, they're flat. They lost to Cincinnati. They only beat this Western Kentucky team by two. You know, get, getting shut out by an opponent in Big Ten play is is tough. I mean, they're Michael Penix has been shaky coming back from the the, the knee injury. I'm you know I don't, I don't want to like ride and die and ride the wave, but I'm out on Indiana. Yeah, I don't know how you can be in. I mean, I understand Penn State is a great team. We just talked about them, but to go to get skunked, to get beat twenty four zero, hang in, just hang in, cover. So yeah, I guess I, w- I would say I am off the Indiana football hype train to answer the question. Yeah, I think we both are. Next question: After Cincinnati's huge twenty four thirteen win at Notre Dame, is Luke Fickle the hottest name on the college football coaching market? I am oh. a fickle guy, but Sloan, take it away. I, so the fickle is just. We have, there's some bitter opinions in East Lansing about Fickle because he didn't bit. come here. And, you know, there was the infamous uh, remarks he made about, oh, I don't know about the campus culture up there at Michigan State. It's like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Not what, my what, fault, yeah, dude. Sorry, dude. I I don't know what you're – whatever. I'm not going to get into sorry, it. Sorry I like to get after yeah. it on Saturdays. We got we to gotta stay timely here. But this guy, I mean, I, football guy, by the way, number one, I love the – the the uh, the 
the, the, not the smock. The the what does he wear? The the oh, sleeveless the, yeah. uh, the, the, tank. It's like a it's like a vest. The, the vest. Or, yeah. I love the vest. And it has like team on the back, like yeah. the acronym. And it's like together everyone achieves more. And it's like the acronym on the back. Like if he came to state and he had that with the team on the back and like the Spartan, I'd I'd wear that to game day every day. Fickle, USC. LSU potentially, they're going to come calling for him. I mean, I know that he likes Cincinnati a lot. I know that Cincinnati is going to be in the Big 12, but eventually you're going to kind of tap out the resources at a place like Cincinnati. So he'd be making the smart move, you know, looking at Matt Campbell at Iowa State. He's kind of stuck around there a little too long. I, I think him bolting would be the best move, but I mean, hey, the expectations are high. They can make the playoff at this point. In we're in at Indiana at Notre Dame. I mean, who's got a better resume than that? Not 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 nobody really. Yeah. I mean, on paper, the funny thing is Sloan, and you kind of mentioned this. The to ask who the hottest name on the coaching market is in college football, it's almost like a quasi like okay, who's going to get the next USC yeah. job? Because that's just kind of what it feels like right now. If I'm USC, I'm definitely making the call to Luke Fickle. Oh, and I'll just you have to. That. I mean, Luke Fickle has so much juice that you could fire your average coach to go get him. I mean, he's really kind of bet on himself. Stayed at Cincinnati. You know, Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, came back for another year. They have a great team. Their defense is strong. I, You know, he bet on himself, and I think that was a big-time move. You could see multiple Power 5 teams. You know, I think Notre Dame is kind of his dream job. You know, we'll see what happens with Brian Kelly. I don't think they fire him. They just extended him, in fact. Thank you, Brain, for clicking in there and stopping me for uh, (laughs) avoiding a bad take. But, you know, Ohio State, obviously Ryan Day's not going anywhere unless it's the NFL. But Luke Fickle, stay tuned. Big year for Cincinnati. How do we do, Hank? Pretty good. We're all done. All right. Are you just saying that, Hank? Are you you just saying that or are you I would never lie to you, boys. I I would never lie to you, boys. See, that's true. I do believe that. Yeah. He would never, never. On the other side of the break here on the Green and White Report, talking a little bit more Michigan State football, but not necessarily the X's and O's. Game day is back in East Lansing. We're going to take the temperature on the game day atmosphere in East Lansing. Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, Henry Menegos. It's the Green and White Report on WDBM. Hey, DJ Hank is officially back. Yes. Because I wanted to talk about this song for like 10 seconds. Yes. When this song came out, dude, it was, it's Rihanna and Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, let, let, it, it. let it play, yeah. baby. It's, let it play in the background. It's it's just a great song. DJ Hank being back is, is huge because we've had, uh, DJ, welcome back. You know, th- you know, this is a perfect transition though about the DJ at Spartan Stadium and other East Lansing traditions. So, obviously, game day is back now in East Lansing, and this this will be a good segment. I think all three of us can chime in well on this because we we're, we're grizzled veterans here of the Michigan State game day experience. Grizzled, so yeah, we're, we're grizzled. We're tough as nails, seasoned. We see, yes, seasoned veterans as well. There's a fight going on back here, and there's something in the the, the producer studio. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, as much as I like to take credit for my DJing abilities, I'm, I'm getting a hell little help. I'm getting a little help. Wow, You're getting associate help. producer. Add to the Swiss Army Knife aura. This is fantastic. I know Peyton lives quite a long ways from here, but I think that every week we're going to have to bring her in, help out behind the glass. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, she might have to make some celeb shot picks when we get to the picks uh, at eleven forty-five. Oh, that'd, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. She better pick the Vikings, or there's going to be some animosity. <laughs> I do, and I got throw. I got throw a uh, host, uh, previous host Julian Mitchell was in town last week. Actually, yes, yes, he was in town. He was looking to get. He was looking to get greasy, from what I heard. But anyways, he, he was- will be back. <laughs> he he. I texted him because I wasn't in town last weekend, but. I texted him, and he wasn't able to make it on the program, but he did say he was going to come back soon, and he will be on the program. It's going to be great. Guests are back. I hit up the tin can with Julian when he was here, actually. That's awesome. No, no free ads, though. No free ads. None. None. Tin but can. hey, tin can. Fine that, establishment. That is a bar. That is a fun place to go on a game day. So let's let's just roll into our little everyone conversation. Can, everyone can make their choices. Yeah, you can do so. what you want to do. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the game day atmosphere because a lot about a lot is said about the game day atmosphere at Michigan State. You know, a lot of people kind of trash it. I think it's probably because you know if you go sixty miles down the road to Ann Arbor, you know they have are an institution down there when it comes to the big house and tailgating and such. So I kind of wanted to take the temperature, get the feel of the show, get the feel of the people. Once again, five one seven eight eight four eight nine eight nine. If you want to chime in on this conversation, but. I want to talk about the game day atmosphere. Now, a lot of things that are new this year are like the gimmicks, like the woodshed, obviously the new name for Spartan Stadium, has been publicized a lot. The deep end, like we talked about with Slowick, yes. the name of the student section, Tuck Cummin. Like, yes, swag do we surf. like Yes. Do we like the gimmicks? Because I'm not usually a gimmick guy, but I like the gimmicks. This is a very, very interesting question because the thing is, Gimmicks are good when you're trying to change the culture and like revamp yes. something. Like Dan Campbell, same thing. We're going to bite off a kneecap. Yeah. Okay, we're 0-3, but you know what? The fans are bought in and they like you because you have that you have that like attitude about you and you project that onto the fan base. And that's what the gimmicks do. The gimmicks are simply just a vehicle yeah. for the the energy that you want your 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 fan base to have. They were I think they were very necessary too because I mean think about it. I mean you and I It's a you know, shot in the arm. They're our first two years here on campus. You know, they went six and six in the regular season, both years under Mark D'Antonio, no juice in the program, people walking around dead. I mean, it was rough. It yeah. was it was a tough couple years. We need to or Michigan State needs to God, that's two times. Michigan <laughs> State you talk about reestablishing this culture. You know, I'm not a gimmick guy necessarily, but this program before Tucker came in had zero juice. Student section was pretty brutal. People didn't even show up to the games. You know, there was no one. Nobody seemed to have any fun. It was just sluggish and weird. So things like the woodshed, the deep end. You know, seeing this these videos on Twitter. Tucker is a content machine. I'm all for the gimmicks. You know, I kind of teased this just now. You know, the student section. I think it's been a lot better this season than in years past because I know like our freshman, sophomore year, it would feel like the crowd for the opener would be just electric. And then from there, like the upper part of the student section would be just, you know, there'd be tumbleweeds rolling around. And then as the year kind of went along, it'd be rough. But I think through three games, there hasn't been too much of a drop off in terms of student attendance, which... You know, I know people want to go hydrate, see their friends, parish establishments in the local East East Lansing area. But student attendance, I think, and, you know, stadium attendance, considering we're still in a pandemic, I think has been solid and it's exceeded my expectations, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you have to tip your hat to Spartan Nation for kind of getting back on board because, you know, last season with a new coach and everything, but there's no fans. So you're not able to really get that atmosphere back, like you said, Sloan, there weren't even students in the dorms. 
uh, people weren't living on campus last year. So it's it's just a completely different vibe this year, and I think that's where you have to commend Tucker and like the honestly just the whole athletic department at Michigan State because it's just like it's back. It just it yeah. really feels and and I I don't really have a great measuring stick for what it was like before. I had been to Michigan State games as a young kid, of course, but you know when we got here, it was the tail end of the D'Antonio era, and it was brutal. The Warner offense. All that, all that stuff going on. It was just hot rushing three on fourth and nineteen, correct, with a mobile quarterback, correct, and losing, getting spanked by Michigan in your own house, that kind of thing. Yeah, and now it has turned the corner a little bit. And I guess not to beat the dead horse, but that no. just that yeah. is a, and that is that is, I guess I, you got to give Mel Tucker his flowers. I want to bring in DJ Hank on this one. DJ Hank, well, welcome DJ Hank to the main stage, please. But yes, the. The, the DJ, who may or may not be Hank, at Spartan Stadium has been just electric this year. The music choice, like, but in TV timeouts and, like, on, like, third down and get the keys out, it, yeah. the, the place has just been jumping. The song selection as well, Hank. I, I, I love when they put him on the Jumbotron and he's, like, just... Yeah, getting that yeah. after. Like, where is he sitting? Can I sit by him? Where is he? Yeah. He's in Can, the end zone, right? Like, where, yeah, I, I think, I think he's in the north end zone, maybe? I think so. Yeah, I'm not good. I'm horrible with directions, so I have no yeah. idea. What direction is is that? That I don't even know be, if I know what direction. That would be east. I got to look out the window. This I think is, that would be east. This is radio. I, I and think I'm yeah, this is horrible radio. Whatever. Yeah. What, what am I doing? Let's just move on, Hank. My thing is the the, the only prerequisite to have a good set list in a, in a stadium setting is you got to have one Motley Crue song. And <laughs> I heard "Kickstart My Heart" last night. <laughs> yes. And, Gets the people going. Dun, 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 dun. Gets the people yeah, going. It does. On third so, down, what was that? Probably like a, it was probably a third down. Third but, down yeah. and six. Yep. And they get, stadium's I, jumping. And I hear McMars rev it up. Yeah. Sparty's no, got point. the big keys out. Yeah. Okay, it's great. You know, kind of the last point that I want to bring up. You know, talk about in, talk. You know, the woodshed, the stadium. You know, I'll be honest. She's a dump. She's a dump. Yeah. The, 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 the bleachers are rusty. You better have a tetanus shot. Bathrooms are just obscene. <laughs> Concourse it looks like someone's basement. There might be like water leaking on you or something. Like the stadium is, is, is it's not, in terms of aesthetics, it's not aesthetically pleasing, but it's our, it's our lovable home barn. Like, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to sound like a homer, but it's a good home field advantage. The people who show up to the games, are loud and rowdy, and it's a it's it's a good home field advantage. Like it's not Michigan Stadium, you know, all clean and yeah. But I'll tell you tidy, right now, but we, it at is least, at least Michigan nice. State's uh, stadiums on its campus. I'll, hey, I'll oh. leave that there. That's all. That's, <laughs> that's all. I got. You know what? That's but that's part of the atmosphere. Yeah, that's you what know, I'm you saying. look that's north f- once again, another cardinal direction, and you right. look on the campus. The river is right there. Yeah, you're just sweating in nostalgia. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> sweating in nostalgia. I One more, you know, I know. One more like call to action here, even though they're not allowed. Shout out FCC. Yes. The the tailgate rules do need to be changed a little bit. It doesn't really matter for us student fiends because we're all north of campus. But for like the adult crowd that tailgates on campus, the tailgate lots open ridiculously late. Like, yeah. why is there even an opening time for the tailgate lots? Just let people show up. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not- it, the tailgate police need to be stopped. Yeah. I mean, it's like we got police on you call can't have 24/7 a cigar. Anyways, you right? can't have a cigar. At, at, at tailgates, that's technically that's in the tailgate rules. Yeah, and we got our, you know, the cigar is a big part of the culture right now. With, with Mel, Mel Tucker. Tucker, yeah, I unbelievable. The, 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 free the cigar. There's like no cigars, no drinking games. There's like 
like, for, I don't know why, like, Mun Field, like, right in front of the hockey arena, like, people don't tailgate there because I think it's because like, they want to save the grass. But it's like, that would be an electric tailgate spot. It Open that up. Open tailgating up earlier. Like, there are some tweaks that I think need to be made. Like, the, this game day atmosphere is nowhere near perfect. But all things considered, coming out of the pandemic, I am pleased with, with how too. good it's been. Because I was worried... I was a little bit worried about how attendance was going to look. You know, students, you know, maybe just wanting to go to the bar instead of coming to the game because we didn't have that last year. You know, the fans, it's a pandemic. I understand if you don't want to come to the game. But I'm, I, you know, Trent, I think you agree with me. I'm, I'm pleased with the atmosphere so far. Me too, dude. Why, how can you not be? I'm going to speak in another cliche because I've already dropped 50 today. <laughs> We've so had like what, four today. What is one more cliche? Winning cures everything. When you got a 5-0 yeah. football team, the, the tailgate atmosphere is inevitably going to be a lot stronger. Next home game, Michigan Halloween weekend. Heads up. Yeah, I mean, my like, goodness. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna I mean this is gonna be chaos. Organized chaos, one might say. Get in on the conversation. You can text the show 517-884-8989. That reaches directly to the studio. You can also tweet the show using the hashtag GW Report. That is hash that is the capital G W capital R, by the way, in report. But on the other side, we're going to get into some NFL in the 12 o'clock hour. We're going to start off with a Lions preview and prediction. Big game at the Bears. Also, another buy or sell with Henry and Sparty Awards as well. You're not going to want to miss that. Finishing the show with the picks at 1145. One hour down, one hour to go here on the Green White Report. Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, Henry Menegos. You're listening to the Green White Report on WDBM. 12 o'clock hour on the Green and White Report. It's a One Pride Sunday. Let's dance. Trent and I are, are both adoring in some Lions gear. I have my my favorite Lions shirt on. It's gray. Got the classic logo. Trent's got the, the ball cap on. You know what? I'm just going to bring this up right now. I don't know how this came up in conversation yesterday. We were walking from one establishment to another after the football game. No free ads. And we were talking about hats because like, I think it might have been Zach Slowick who was wearing a hat. And we were kind of thinking about, like, who just kills hats? And you know what? I think it, it was – I'm going to take credit. It was me who brought this up. I said Trent just nails hats. Trent is, Trent is just – he Dude, rocks hats. The, you know what's psychotic about it is I get my He's hair, a hat guy. I get my hair cut every week, and yet I still just wear hats 90% of the time. But Sloan, you yeah, also – He's a great. hat guy. I, it, it, there's a difference, and I know no one cares about this, so I'll be quick. But Sloan is like a fitted guy. Sloan, you look great in yeah. fitteds. Like you got a Washington Nationals fitted on right now. Yeah, I, it looks great. I'm, I'm I either kind of go both ways. If if I'm going, with, I like the fitted, but then if I'm going to wear like a more of a ball cap, I yeah. usually wear it backwards. Might be a loser for that. No, no, don't that's know. part of it. No, me too. Don't worry. The, <laughs> Henry, you got you got to sip. Trent, the soothing voice of Henry. Menegos. There's no one on this campus who wears a hat better than than my, than Trent Valley. Well, I appreciate that. I, mean, I, I put really my foot down. The collection is just, is pretty uh, diverse. The hat guy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. The thing. I got hats for every team, obviously. So it's like I just he's got a nice Tigers hat to wear in last uh, last game of the year for the Tigers. Sad. Yeah, it is sad. Very sad. But we're going to talk about another Motor City team here, and that'd be the Detroit Lions. Obviously, going to Soldier Motown! Field. Soldier Field might be dead soon, so got to got to get as many wins there as you can before the they might move. Can you Talk believe about that? A dump. Talk about yeah. A no kidding. Dump. It, uh, wow. Location. Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson said it's the worst surface he's ever played on. Location good. Stadium bad. Yeah. Anyways, Justin Fields is going to start a quarterback for the Bears. The future is evidently now for them. You know, we were talking about this a little bit. The line moved. 
Yeah. When when it was announced that Justin Fields would start over Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. It moved Nick in Foles. favor of the yeah. Bears, which I don't understand. Yeah, it's currently Bears minus three. More on that in the picks. We're not going to you know give away anything later in the show here, but I don't understand that. I mean, if anything, you know, Fields has been shaky. Like we were talking pre-show, filling out the show sheet. I'm, I'm high on Fields' future, but in terms of the now, it, there's, there's a maturation period. So I, I'm still pretty out on that. But, you know, I wanted to talk about Alliance topic. You know, Derek Barnes, kind of the youth movement. Obviously, this is game four. You know, the Lions parted ways with Jamie Collins recently. Derek Barnes is going to step into his starting role. But I, I'm i loving that the Lions are starting to go more young. Derek Barnes, I'm a big Derek Barnes guy. He might be my favorite yeah. pick from that draft last year. Yeah, we talked about him before the yeah. season even started. I think the organizational philosophy of playing the kids is something that's going to pay off for them. And in the, in the now and the, the future, I'm all in on that. Getting Jamie Collins the hell up out of Detroit was the highlight of my week. He had so the, he had the speed of like me. Oh my God, dude. I, I got to give Ryan Rabinowitz some love here because we had a great time last week at the game. And at the tailgate, we're talking about the Jamie Collins situation because at that point they were still just holding him out he wasn't playing wasn't practicing and whenever someone is like face to face with Jamie Collins and they they cut up field it's never a plant and go for Jamie Collins it's like oh shoot I'm behind and I gotta peel all the way around because I can't turn the hips at all whatever this isn't a Jamie Collins hate podcast I know he came here to try to win he tried to instill the Patriot thing I get it Failure. We, it was a failure. I wish him the best. The, I, I do. I the like Lions. It. I saw something on Twitter. I'm not sure who tweeted it. I would give credit where credit is due. But I saw something where Jamie Collins was paid twenty million dollars by the Detroit Lions Football Inc. for eight games, I believe, because he's had injury problems, inconsistencies, yeah. sat out last week. Matt, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia. I mean. I I have this debate with my dad all the time because he's a, a Lions lifer and he's seen good teams and bad teams. When it goes down, I think that the Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia regime could be just as worse as Millen. I mean, in terms of how they have tanked this franchise, the bad signings, the draft picks, the just the clown show that dude, surrounded dude, the, it. Like, yes. I'm not trying to make this a topic here. No, but we're, we're, we're going to talk bears here, but... To expand Big picture, on it, yeah, yeah, I, it's a, it's a, it's a joke. Evermore, it's a joke. And the thing is, Sloan, it's where these players were taken, and the conversation around these drafts and these players, like, dude, Jeff Okuda, third overall, and I was in at the time because you got to draft best available, blah blah blah. I get it, but dude, boy, are my cheeks red in that situation? I yeah. was so wrong about that, and and that's that is why I'm not a general manager, but also that is why Bob Quinn doesn't have a job anymore. So whatever, I digress. The 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 the, the Bears game. Do we want to talk about the yeah, Bears? Yeah, you know, I want to throw it back one more time before we dive into the Bears. You know, we're not going to talk about the Justin Tucker's NFL long field goal and the missed delay a game call. I mean, that was just both brutal. Yeah. But, you know, there's been kind of a little bit of smoke circling around. I don't think there's fire, but there's been a little bit of a debate around town about how the Lions handled that last drive before they kicked the field goal, you know, I'm a little bit more new wave. I I would have probably liked to see them take a couple of shots there, try to get in the end zone a little bit more aggressively. But in Dan Campbell's defense, you know, he's been a little bit conservative this year. You think of the Green Bay game when they just kind of took a field goal going into halftime. You know, you think of this game when, you know, they, they, they just ran it three times just to run the clock and kick the field goal. You know, it's been a conservative approach, but can you really blame him with the team they have on the field? I mean... Once again, we talked. We've talked about this at length. This is year zero for him. In that situation, like we'll bring up the Ravens. 
I don't know if you want to stop the clock a bunch and give the ball back to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson with more time with this young defense. You know, moving forward in the future when this is a better better stocked Lions team, they, they're probably going to work a little bit more liberally. But right now, it's not my thing, but it is just kind of the thing, if you know what I mean. To back it up, you, I, you said something that I completely agree with. I would have liked to see them take a couple shots into the end zone on that last drive. And you know yeah. what? I think had they still had a guy named Matthew Stafford under they center, they would have. Yeah, I and agree. It, and that's not an indictment on Jared Goff. No, I not I think at it's all. clearly just a, a situation where for Dan Campbell – he wants to get his first win. He wants to make sure he doesn't f it up. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play conservative. I'm gonna take the points here. I'm gonna take the chip shot field goal, and then I'm gonna trust my defense, which had been balling all 100%. day, containing Lamar. And you know what? They were a fourth and nineteen away, and that's the play that I want to talk about. It was fourth and nineteen. Ravens coming down, trying to drive down. I don't know how much time was left, like 38 seconds, when Dan Campbell took a timeout before the play to get his guy set. Now there was a, there was some yeah. controversy there. Like, do you just let them play because it's a long? You know, everyone's been pretty much on the same page. But when you go back and watch the film, there was one guy who wasn't on the same page, and that was Will Harris. And yeah, I don't. All wanna, it takes is one guy. Man, I don't want to rip new, Will Harris a new one, but that was another another Quinn Patricia regime guy who's not going to survive. If we're just being honest, brutal. Yeah, he is just not a not an NFL safety. But I, I don't fault him for the timeout. And, I mean, and we'll talk Bears, but I, but that was that's a good where move. I'm going with it. Yeah. Is the timeout? It, it, it makes sense. It's a young, it's a young squad. You, you want because let's think about it in in hindsight. If Dan Campbell doesn't take a timeout there, and that same exact play happens, he's getting ripped for not taking a timeout. Yeah. Why didn't you take a timeout, Dan? Why didn't you set your defense, blah, blah, blah. So I can't fault him at all. And, and the delay a game thing, look, the, the the disadvantage of having our show, Sloan, on on, a, on Sundays from 11 to 1 is it's yeah. now been a full week since this happened, so I know no one really cares. No if one we had Monday shows, my goodness, the Lions takes would be Holy. a flying. That's Molton Rundown, shameless plug. Yeah. Listen if you want. Not a no shameless plug, action. it's just a plug. Just a plug. Well, yeah. But let, a legal plug. Let, let's, do, let's do the Bears. Yeah, we'll talk Bears. You know, Couple of keys from each of us, you know, about the Bears. You know, this is the you know that's the black and blue NFC North cliche number five. I can get a buzz. I can get. I'll, I I admit a cliche counter. Yeah, we're, we're the cliche counter. Yeah, Henry is keeping track of them. I apologize. Yes. No buzzers. I'm in favor of the cliches. Okay. I kind of like. Yeah, it's fine. I think cliches are fun on the radio. It is the black and blue NFC North. I think you know key to this game, and you know once again another another cliche: establish the run. They got to pound the football early, set up some play action, make things easier on Jared Goff. It's a divisional game. You want to set the tone. You want to soak the clock on the road. Like I know that's a very like cliche football game plan thing to do but in these division games especially with a couple of teams who are down right now not out but down establishing that run early you know Swift and and Jamal Williams I've loved the tandem so far oh my god you know they've shown a lot of flashes the offensive line has shown a lot of flashes I think pounding the football early establishing the run getting Jared Goff comfortable soaking up a little of that clock I think is going to be important in this game if I could zoom out for a second here, the Detroit Lions, in my opinion, have made massive improvements week to week to week thus far. Week one, you kind of come out slow. You don't capitalize on an early fumble for the yeah. 49ers, and you just little things like that. It just looked like a bad team. Then they fought back in the second half. Okay, Then you go to week two, the Packers game. You completely punch Green Bay in the face to start the game, and, and you just end up getting beat by a much better team. Week three... You hang in there with a team that was a Super Bowl contender in years past. I'm not sure if they are anymore, but the Baltimore Ravens. And you contain Lamar Jackson coming off a great win at Kansas City. 
and you're in or against Kansas right City in Baltimore, and you're able to contain him, and you're a fourth and nineteen away from beating him in a, in a in a crossbar sixty six yard field goal away from beating a good solid Ravens team. So now you look at this Bears game, and if you're someone like myself who may or may not have bet the over five wins for the Detroit Lions. you got to have this one. And the, the way you're going to do it is you just have to get after Justin Fields. Sloan, you talked, yeah. about, you talked about the offense, and you're exactly right. When Jared Goff is able to set his feet and really not worry and establish a bit of a run and you got a you got an RPO situation here and there and just dink dunk dink dunk put together eight minute drives yeah. that is his bread and butter I know it's you know it's kind of capping him you know it's I mean it's not obviously you want to play him more of a playmaker as your quarterback but you know considering the personnel right now I'm thinking about this game you yep. know onto the bears that's got to be the game plan I mean and it's not bad it worked for the Rams he's he one of got the best, to a super bowl he's one of the best game managers in the NFL yeah. and that's not that is not a knock like that's not a knock at all it's just a, it's a different play style and especially a different play style than what the Lions are used to but Sloan we say all that to say this I think I think it's more of a defensive game for the Detroit Lions. They got to get after Fields, get after that rookie quarterback. You look yeah. at the stats so far for him this year, not flattering by any means. He is a whopping 14 of 35 through the air Oof. for 40%, 138 yards. That's an average of 4 yards per reception or per pass whatever. Zero touchdowns, one interception. Not great. longest longest pass he's thrown was 21 yards and a 39 quarterback rating. So I would be willing to say if this Detroit Lions defense plays decent, I think they're going to able to, they're going to be able to rattle his cage. You know and that I just you, you come out with a win. That transitions perfectly into another key I wanted to bring up. I think you got to keep him in the pocket. You know he he did some of his best work at Ohio State, getting out of the pocket, getting in rhythm a little bit, squaring the shoulders, eyes downfield, making some throws. I think if you keep him in the pocket, you contain, you set the edge on both lines. You know, looking at Flowers, looking at Aquara, set the edge on both sides. You know, both the Aquaras now. Yeah, I think keeping him in the pocket is going to be key because if you make him drop back in the pocket and and try to make throws. I think you're in a pretty favorable position. He's not a pocket passer yet. Once again, I think his ceiling is high. Matt Nagy, not high on him. I think he's a dead man right now. Well, the, the Bears I mean, will be smart to part with him. This win, thing, would, I, a win for the Lions would. That's what I'm saying. I think the, I think if the Lions roll into Chicago and get a win, they're they're signing his death yeah, warrant. I, I think he's out. You know, we're going to get into the predictions, the full predictions in the picks. But Trent and I, once again, no spoilers for 12:45, but. This is a game the Lions should win. This is one I had chalked up as a win. This is one you had chalked up as a win Correct. prior to the season. We'll get into the the particulars and the picks, but we'll we'll stay timely here. Sparty Awards coming up next. Hey, we've had a lot of guests on campus recently. We have a guest in the studio. Trent, his parents were here yesterday. My parents were here yesterday. Julian Mitchell, former co-host of the show, was here last week. Lots of people. Just we got tons lots of people. people. East Lansing is crawling with newcomers. We're going to talk about the best things to do when you got that special guest in East Lansing. It's the Green and White Report on WDBM. Sparty Awards time here on the Green and White Report. Can we apologize? Yes. Can we publicly apologize to yes, Ms. Yes. Jackson? Ooh, that's it. That joke. We're I'm sorry. Yeah. We're sorry. 18 past the hour here in East Lansing, Michigan. Actually, now 19 past the hour. It's Sparty Awards time here on the Green and White Report. Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, Henry Menegos, and special guest Peyton. Shout out. But it's Sparty Awards time. This week's topic, guest activities on campus. Now, we were wrapping a little bit before the show, wrapping a little bit during the show, breaking this topic down a little bit. 
We've had a lot of guests on campus. We have a, we have a guest in studio. We have your parents were here. My parents are here for homecoming. And we're going to talk about the the best things you want to do when you have people on campus who don't live here. So Trent, I'm going to kick it to you first. It's all about the Spartan experience. Yes. As I will listen to the trumpet fanfare from Hank. Thank you, Hank. Love it. Thank you, Hank. I love Hank. Um. Okay. Uh. I I think the number one thing, and this might be a little bit of a no-brainer, but you, you have to do something on campus or take them to campus because, you know, especially nowadays, you know, Sloan and I, we are seasoned vets. We don't live in the dorms on campus anymore. You, you, you're off campus most times. You know, I've got a beautiful house in Gunson Street. Won't say the number. Gorgeous but, house. It, 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 love it. Hank's living there next year, by the way. Signed for next year. No way. I, yeah, Hank, is this news. breaking news? Hank is taking over the cribbo. Are you yep. and, the, and, the, and the gentleman all going over there? We needed, we needed a three-bedroom and... My God, they had one. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yep. The Motley wow. House. Hank's taking over the Motley House. The show house. has been derailed because I am just, this is electric. Isn't that great? This it's, is this is electric. It's a nice little handoff from myself well, to my good buddy Pass Hank. the baton. It's yeah, the Olympics. It's, it's, it's the House Olympics. Transfer. All right. But the thing is, when you live off campus, as I do, you have to bring your guests to campus. It's yes. a beautiful campus. It's almost like a small town. You got green everywhere, trees, foliage everywhere. The river. The river. All the you got the new buildings, the new architecture that's aesthetically pleasing. You got the old, the Hogwarts vibe and North Campus. Yes. You've got the Spartan statue. There's just a lot to see on campus. And whether it's just it's walking to the game and taking the campus route instead of just walking all the way down Grand River. You have to get that feel of being on campus. So that would be my first one. When you bring someone to Michigan State, you got to get to campus some way or another. I feel like every Spartan is always like, oh, campus, so beautiful. And people are probably like sick of hearing it, but I just love it. It's like a state park and a city yeah. in one. It's beautiful. I mean, there's so many places to explore, so many things to do. And kind of like you said when we were talking about uh, game day atmosphere, it's it's we're at such an advantage having our stadium on campus. Because like yeah. yesterday, good buddy of mine, Walked from my apartment uh, down, you know, toward the stadium. We walked through campus. People are tailgating on campus. Not everybody is is in a favorable position to do that, so it's just a big plus. I'm going to talk about something on campus for my first uh, Sparty Awards submission, and that'd be crunchies. The first thing I do, and if I have a guest and they say, "Oh, we got to eat somewhere for sure," you're getting a burger and beer at crunchies. Yeah. Shout out to Crunchy Burger. Delicious. Once again, no plugs. No plugs. It's like the no calls time. to action. Come on, FCC. We've get, said this about slack. Yeah, we've said this about four times today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a fifth is probably incoming. But a burger and a beer in, at Crunchy's is just unbelievable. Everybody signs the wall. The, you know, you have the booths. Everything oh, yeah. is all decked out in green and white. You know, you, you can see some celebs there. Izzo loves Crunchy's. Yes. Karaoke at Crunchy's is just fantastic. Oh, my word, karaoke. Talk and I, about getting the people going. I just have such a thing for like the greasy spoon, like sports bar and grill, like atmosphere. There's always like a game on or like Sports Center. NFL Live is probably on there right now. Good burger, good beer, good prices, great atmosphere, close to campus. If if Crunchies is the place I take people when they want to eat, it's close enough to campus. Crunchies. The best. Yeah, I, I will give my stamp of approval as well. Um, my second pick here, this is a little bit of a weird one, but I just think it's fun walking down memory lane. If you bring a friend here when you're oh, a junior, yes. you got to show them your freshman dorm. A million percent. This is in the same vein as my just get on campus thing, but there is nothing like when I bring a friend here and I'm walking past good old Acres Hall, and I'm yep. like, that's where I was freshman year. Wasn't wasn't the happiest camper all the time, but I, I have so much love for Acres Hall. So, and, and you show them that dorm and they go, 
oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, cool. Now you're, we can move you're on, to, I guess. It, but your head is flowing so with memories. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. They're like, oh, sweet. I don't care. But <laughs> hey, hey, I had to show you. Even yesterday, like my, the buddy I went to the game with, I it was my freshman year roommate in one of them in Acres Hall. And when we were like standing in line, I was talking to, you know, some people and I think they're, they might've been freshmen. The line is just obscene. So you make quick friends in the student section. You do. And, and they were like, Oh, walked all the way here from Acres or something. And we were like, Acres freshman year, gang, gang. That was a hike. Let me tell you, walking from Acres to Spartan stadium or the Breslin. Yeah. It's just a lot of long walks. All right, another another submission here. I my parents were here for uh, homecoming yesterday. It was a fantastic time. We tailgated. They went to the game, uh, walked around a little bit, uh, checked off all the boxes. But this is a kind of a niche one, you know, because this involves having your parents here. But like hanging out with kids, yeah. like and and when I say kids, I mean like uh, the four of us College in the station kids. right now, yes. uh, little you know Spartan kids, get them, eighteen get them in the to twenty two. Yeah, like yesterday, like at the tailgate. It was like me, my parents, my sister was there, you know, Jeremy Whiting. This was the station tailgate. Thank you, Jeremy, for all you do if you're listening out there. Shout out. But it was it was a few adults like my parents and then just a smattering of kids just living life. Yeah. Like I feel like if you, like if you bring older adult guests to campus, like parents, you have to just ingrain everyone in the culture. Hey, the, like yesterday, all my MSU friends, I'm like, hey, mom and dad introduce mr and mrs sloan yeah say hi nice to meet you like you it's just it was just fun like having them just like be part of the crew like they were just part of the crew i was walking around having a glorious time people were on the grill i didn't get to get on the grill i, I kind of wanted to do that well i love the grill you'll have plenty of other saturdays to get on the grill very so, true so you'll be but good i i just love like we're all just all just having a good time no one's got to work tailgating the kids adults Spartans, you know, alumni. I was petting some guy's dog who's like class of like 80 something yesterday. His dog's name Bo. Shout out Bo. But just the the integration of like everybody who just comes here and just blends in because we all have something in common is just is beautiful. Yeah, I, I can't stress enough how my parents were also here yesterday. So that is awesome. The, getting them immersed in the culture and like hanging out with the kids and they get to kind of go back and turn back time a little bit. That's a fun time. I agree. But my, uh, my third and final answer here, usually we do four, but we're going to do three here so as to not take all the good answers from Hank if we missed anything. He's got to help us out. My third and final pick here would be you got to teach them, you got you to teach the, the visitors how we do, how we play games here. Yep. And, and the reason I say that is because, say you want to play a little beer die, a little beer pong, there's usually a twist or two, depending some, on uh, what home, campus you're on. Some there's, hometown rules. Yes. Like my yes. brothers, uh, my brothers uh, both go to Central. God love them. They were here. Fire up. Uh, yes, yes. Brock actually graduated. Whatever. Beside the point. They, we were playing beer die, and I'm explaining how we play it here, and they didn't really, they didn't like the rules too much. Too they bad. Certain, certain rules. And I'm too, like, yeah. Too, right. too bad, guys. We're any slancing. Yeah. So anyways, that you definitely got to break out the games for one, and then furthermore, you got to give them the Spartan spin on the games. How's oh, that? yeah. No, the Spartan spin is a good way to put it. It's the hometown rules. Yeah, it's nothing well, crazy either. It's everyone just like, tailgates a little different. Everyone plays, you know, get, drinking games a little bit different. You know, every, every vibe is kind of different. And that's, you know, it's cool. That's why, I like, going to Central, you know, you Mish down the road, our buddies in Maize and Blue, everyone's got kind of their niche things in, in game day rituals. And it's just, like, even in the student section, the th- we do things that no one else does. We correct. say things that no one else should. Anyways, correct Amundo. My last submission here for the Sparty Awards here on the Green and White Report before Hank helps us out with what we missed. This is kind of a layup. It's the it's the dairy store. 
you got to go to the dairy store. Like freshman year, once again, one of the first things we did, like me, my parents, my sister on campus, we went to the dairy store and got some ice cream. Sesquicentennial swirl. I know someone who likes sesquicentennial swirl. This and he part- may or may not be in the studio with us right now. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Sesquicentennial. Hank grinded so hard to get that buzzer in there. Or not the buzzer, the air horn. Sesquicentennial squirrel is squirrel. All right. Yeah, maybe it should be Sesquicentennial swirl is back, by the way. I saw that on Twitter. The, the full flavor lineup is returning. So, shout out. That is unbelievable news. They had... Uh, <laughs> They had uh, they had some in select dining halls. They used to have some MSU dairy. Yeah, breaking news. Not only are you guys switching homes next year, which is just electric, and this calls for celebration. Straight off, man. But sesquicentennial squirrel. <laughs> Maybe it should be called. Turn that. off my mic. Got a lot of squirrels. I'm on done. Campus anyways, today, oh my goodness. All right, all right, Henry. What did we miss here? Uh, for the guest activities on campus, you have a guest. What do you guys yeah, like? Yeah, to exactly. Do? Well, it's not bad. I, I like the list. So, um, I guess what I would say is, there's nothing like the experience of just a greasy late night Grand River stroll. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my and goodness. And everybody needs to experience that once in their life. Swe- I did one last night. Yeah. Sweaty, <laughs> raining. Yeah. There, there brutal. is just all kinds of characters about. It's when the creatures of the night really just. Come to fruition. I walked past a guy with his shirt off yesterday. Didn't have a shirt on him, looking in rough shape. I, I was like, "What's up?" You find out a lot about yourself at, <laughs> on, on Grand River at twelve a.m. I will say that yesterday Fun was stuff. a brutal walk because it was raining and I it was. Think of all the warm. twenty second friends you make. You make, yeah. you make you make lifelong friends for twenty seconds. I yeah. swear to God. I love some of those people, and, and I'll never see them again. That's a really good submission. And it's specifically like the Saturday nights or the yeah. Friday nights, yep. you know, when people, because everyone's pretty much coming from somewhere. You're either coming from the bar or from the game. Yeah. So it's like you're coming from somewhere, you're looking for a little bit of that, you know, Conrad's or uh, Cottagen, what, be, it, be it what it will. You know? <laughs> yes, right. So. Uh, so, yes. You're, you're thinking about one. what you need to do tomorrow. A oh, nice I got to get up at this time. You see, you see a group approaching you, you got nothing to say, so you say, what, go green. And, it and starts, the, yeah, there it is one. There. there is one response. By the way, the people who I say go green to, and they say yeah or go green back. I just man, you just throw yourself yeah. on the fire like that, and I instantly just know you're not you're not about it. Hate that. Nope. Did we miss anything tough. else? You think? Well, I I guess uh, I always like to enjoy. I always enjoy taking people to North Campus. Yes. Yeah, North it's Campus beautiful. is beautiful, dude. Get to the tower. It's the LG. Yeah, get a couple. Of, get a couple of photos, especially in the fall. I mean, we're entering peak campus time now mm-hmm. you know what i went to bring this up when i was talking about the spartan statue in particular but that that thing looks beautiful no matter what season you're in That's yeah true. because it, winter the, shout out the, right winter's a sleeper you got a little snow on sparty yeah, you got a little cool. snow sitting on his head then you got you know in the spring there's those beautiful pink what peach blossoms is that what those are called apple blossoms. apple blossoms, yeah, apple blossoms they're, yeah. they're they're pink oh, okay. they're pink and they look like the tree from Kung Fu Panda. I'm off the mm. rails, but it's it's no, it's, it's beautiful. all it's, it's beautiful great. stuff. So the the Spartan statue in North Campus, that's a good call, Hank. And this is a little bit of a specific one, but if you can to get them to a student section at a football game, yeah, it's yeah. so fun. You know, Unmatched. I came from a small high school, so to to be able to experience that is like is amazing. Big Unmatched. campus, you just feel like you're part of something. You feel like you're part of something huge. Yeah, I, I got love one it. question. Do you guys yes. do anything in the Greater Lansing area? I, like, do, is there any spots you like to show them? Dad you know what? Around? I can't let some of my secrets go out on air, to be honest. Oh, okay. Because oh, I tucked away. First, I have some spots oh, and some activities that I do with 
certain people. Sloan hits the club. No, <laughs> Sloan hits the club no. in Lansing. This when I need like dates, I have I have Lansing dates that Lansing I dates. yes Lansing Spots dates. To hit. Yes, so okay. I, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't give them out. Okay, right. I can't give them out. But I will say this: I do love little, Lansing. Playing a little basketball in Williamson, they got a beautiful park there. That's oh, yeah. a, that's a fun spot. But anyways, River Trail in Lansing might have just given one of my secrets away. <laughs> Old Town Lansing. I was gonna say Old Town. Olympic or... Broil in uh, Northwest Lansing. Yeah. Great little spot. Lansing, like. I did freshman year. Obviously, I was just over here. But then sophomore year, when you're a little bit mobile, I started kind of venturing over there a little bit more. And it's just it's a cool area. I mean, they downtown is pretty neat. It's walkable. Lug nuts game. That that's a good. I one. I haven't been, but I've heard oh, there was high. This spring, we got to have a green and white report trip to the lug nuts game. Maybe we'll go live outside yeah. the lug nuts stadium before be, like a before the one o'clock game. It'd be great content. We might have to pull that off. Anyways, we'll stay timely here. NFL Buy or Sell is up next. Should be a riveting one. Then right into the picks at 1245, last 30 minutes of the Green and White Report. Happy NFL Sunday here on the Green and White Report. It's not just a one pride Sunday, but it's also an NFL Sunday. This is Trent's favorite part of the show. I do love this last half hour, man. Buy or Sell NFL version with Henry Menegos. Let's get after it. I think part of it, too, is I just love when Hank's in the mix. I kind of like yeah. when it's a three-way show. It's more fun. Absolutely, boys. Yeah. I love to join in. God, Hank's voice is just so soothing. <laughs> Hank always comes in, like, nice and gentle. You're like Chris Harrison on The Bachelor. Well, former host, host, Yeah, former host, yeah. yeah. So hopefully love I don't the get... Bachelor. Hopefully I don't get kicked out of here, too. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, NFL buy or sell. Buy or sell. <laughs> here we go. Buy or sell. Are the three and one Bengals and Joe Burrow making the playoffs? I'm going to sell... But I think they're going to be. I think they have a winning record. Okay. I think, I think they're going to go like nine and eight. And that's a huge step for them. This huge. Year. They're. You know, I, I I like to say this a lot. The Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals. You have these teams that, much like the Lions, are kind of in the pits of the NFL. And one by one, these kind of teams are pulling themselves out of it. So I, every time I see a case like this, I say, Why can't it be the Lions? we're on deck for this. Yeah, I mean, okay, so to answer the question, I think it, I'm I'm selling as well, Sloan, just because you and I talk at length about the AFC playoff picture all the time. The Chiefs, Which is right, just deep. The Kansas City Chiefs right now are 1-2, and two, and no one has them out of the playoffs. Yeah. So it's like, it, that that's kind of where we're at right now. Plus, when you look at the Bengals' schedule, it's like that division's hard as it is. And they haven't really played many division games yet. They got they still got to go to Denver. You know, they host the Chargers. Uh, they they obviously got to go like to Baltimore, to Cleveland, all those. And they got the Packers this week, so or next week, whatever. But the my, the the bottom line is no, I'm selling as well. I don't see them as winning a record, team. winning record, but no yeah, playoffs. or 500. Yeah, I, I teased this earlier in the show. I want the the Cincinnati Bengals to hire Joe Brady so bad to be I their mean, head that coach. Would be, that would fix. A I mean, lot I, of their I issues. think they should have pulled the trigger on it before this year. I mean, Joe Taylor, I mean, he doesn't he hasn't really done anything to lose his job, but when you have the opportunity to reunite Joe Brady and Joe Burrow, Joe and Joe, I mean, the chemistry they had at LSU, I mean, he had one of the greatest seasons, if not the greatest season of a, for a college quarterback ever at LSU. Yep. Bringing that magic back would be an unbelievable story. So, that's what I do, but Bengals, they're on they're on the come up to yeah. to, to use a, what the kids say. What's their thing? Do they have a slogan? Who day? Who day? That's right. Who day? Who? I don't know what that means, but it's like who day? day. Yeah, talking about beating them, Bengals. The Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals are who day? Who day? 
But the Saints are who dat? Who dat? Yeah, there's yeah. a who dat and a who day. Oh, come on. Someone someone just who's. needs to be a little bit more original there. I don't know who it is, but who, someone. Who, how, what now? Bengals have been yeah. around for longer, so I'm going to blame the Saints. Wow. Okay, interesting. Anyways, buy or sell. The <laughs> Dallas Cowboys have a chance of making a deep playoff run in the NFC. Sell, sell, sell. Cowboys aren't good. Got a, got a lot of injuries, too, right now. Playing a terrible division. I, I don't buy it. I'm going to get a hell of a lot of hate for this. I, I'm buying it. I... I have a feeling a deep of, run, a deep playoff run. I I I could see them winning a game and competing in another okay. potentially two games. I think they win a playoff game. So I I okay. don't know what qualifies as a deep run. You know, I guess we'd have to clarify, but I I just don't Dan Quinn Coming and running the defensive side in Dallas is a major upgrade. Micah Parsons has been balling. Micah too. Parsons is unbelievable. That's uh, a home Trayvon run of a pick. Diggs, the corner out of Alabama, they got in the second round a couple years ago, has been a stud. Leighton Vanderesh still there. Jalen Smith from Notre Dame still there. You know you got Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory. It's a deep defensive unit that you know they brought a couple of guys over from Atlanta. Demonte Casey, Jaron Curse, former Lion, yeah. is just balling out there. Yep, it's a dynamic, fast unit on defense. Obviously, they're going to win the NFC uh, East because it's terrible. It's an NFC least, yeah, NFC least is more like it, but. They have weapons on offense. They're balanced. I am not a Mike McCarthy hater at all. I believe in him as a coach. I respected the hell out of him when he was at Green Bay. You know, things ended pretty rocky there, but I respect the hell out of him as a coach. I just have a sneaky feeling about this Cowboys team. I don't know what the source of it is, but I just like the pieces they have. I love the pieces. You can't argue with the, with, with their talent. I mean... You know, will that amount to wins and losses? We'll see. But in terms of building a team, they're strong. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm going to be wrong, and there's going to be egg on my face here in two months. We'll have to, you know, mark the tape. But we'll see. Well, I mean, you look at their wins so far. They they pulled out a close game against the Chargers that I think the Chargers lost more so than the Cowboys yeah. won. And then this Eagles game, where Eagles the Eagles are terrible. The Eagles might be the worst team in the NFL. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. And then of course, it's you, not. They're you, terrible. You Nick barely, Sirianni. Yeah, yikes. But any, we'll leave that there. Then you barely, yeah. of course, in the first, in, in week one, you barely lose to the defending champs. So their resume is like very, it's only three games in, but it's very just like weird, both ends yeah. of the spectrum. You've got like a win that you probably shouldn't have won, and then you have a loss to a really good team. So it's almost like I don't know where to put what to make of them. All I know is that that division stinks. I don't think they're going to be tuned up enough by come playoff time, but we'll see. Yeah, well, mark the tape. Maybe we'll this will be a terrible yeah. loop take, but yeah. we'll see. Buy or sell, this is the year the 3-0 Cardinals finally break, break through and make the playoffs under Cliff Kingsbury. I'm down. I They'll make the playoffs. You know, I, I am one that I think there's going to be three teams in the NFC West that make the playoffs. You know, I think probably the 49ers are probably the odd team out at this point. You know, the Seahawks... Rams, I mean, more on them in a minute, and uh, the Cardinals. But you want to talk about weapons. I mean, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, they, uh, A.J. Green, they have so much, some speed, some size. Their defense, you know, Vance Joseph, their defensive coordinator, I respect the work he does. Cliff Kingsbury, I think this is the year they finally make the playoffs. I'm a, I, I've been a Kingsbury believer, even though they've they've fallen off, and I think they break through this year, and it'll save him his job. It's playoffs or bust. If we're being honest, he's gone. Oh if yeah, the, playoffs. The, the the whole the this whole Cardinals team is built on just 
like it, good vibes, I guess, if, if you could call it that. Out in the desert. Yep, they hire Kingsbury after one year of their previous coach. I forget his He's name, always dripped out me. on the yeah. sideline. Oh, Kingsbury's great. And then Kingsbury wanted Kyler. That was a Kingsbury pick. Yep. So it, this, and then DeAndre Hopkins comes over because he wanted out of Houston. Their whole situation is great. Now, I will say this. Their, their unblemished record gets its first blemish today as they take on the Rams. I think the Rams stay 4-0. Great game. And the Cardinals game. dropped a 3-1. That is a great game. But to answer the question, as I am supposed to do and never do, um, the yeah, I'm buying. I think the Cardinals make the playoffs. I don't know if they make a run, but Kyler Murray right now looks like the MVP. And I guess that's a good segue into the next question here. Buy or sell, Matthew Stafford is your NFL MVP. This is this is a d- difficult one for me, Sloan, because it just depends on how you define MVP. Because so, there's always a different conversation about it, right? And in the NBA, it drives me nuts because it's even worse. But in the NFL, it's typically the best quarterback on the best team. That's just kind of how it shakes out. It's either the best quarterback on the best team or the most exciting new shiny toy, uh, a.k.a. Lamar Jackson, that kind of thing. So if the Rams end up going, like, I don't know, 16-1, and one, or 15-2, and two, and they're the one seed in the NFC, absolutely I think Matt Stafford will win MVP. What do you think? Easily the front runner right now, in my opinion. I mean, he's going to – I mean, people are going to want to give him the national love, too. I mean, because he deserves it. I mean, he's he's, he's periled in Detroit for right. the last decade or so. So, you know, he – He's good. He deserves the national love. He's he's getting it right now. I mean, he's a big name on the big stage, which is what we all predicted was, was going to happen when it happened. He's he's the front runner, and I'm I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like again, young season, but the Rams are the best team in the league right now. I think everyone kind of knows that. Chiefs have had a bit of a hangover to start the year. Buccaneers defense has not been nearly what people thought it would be. And looking at that division, they are the best team in the best division. So I just think while the NFC playoff picture might be top-heavy, I think the Rams are comfortably the best team right now as we sit only three games in. It is a young season, but Stafford has not missed a beat with that new team. They could win a Super Bowl. They could. Bottom line. Yep. Buy or sell. We should be worried about the Kansas City Chiefs of making the AFC Championship. I'm going to sell. I mean, I'm going to yeah. sell. I, I I mean, we'll, we'll be quick and timely on this one. we got to get into the picks next, but... Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, I, I buy them. Divisional weekend. I don't know about the Raiders and Broncos. They'll probably fall back to the mean a little bit more. I'm 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 selling that. Shout out Nick Wright real quick because he's the most obnoxious Chiefs supporter on in the national media. And he said, you know, I, yeah, I'm concerned if they're gonna if they're gonna lose the turnover battle four zero every week because that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. So I'm with you, Sloan. I sell. It's funny how how un like unfazed we can be. With a one and two team, just because we know that the Chiefs are going to figure it out. I agree. I'm in. Buy or sell the New England Patriots' chances of of making a Super Bowl contender in the near future under Bill Belichick. This is a trap. This is such a trap. It's the hottest take in sports to be like, oh, Patriots dynasty is definitely over. I'm not saying that they won't be able to make the playoffs in the future, but in terms of being a legitimate Super Bowl contender, feeling out the NFL landscape and even the landscape in their own division. Yeah. They've been leapfrogged by Miami and Buffalo, in my opinion. Yep. I, I'm buying this. I mean, once again, this could be another egg on my face take because it's the greatest coach of all time and the one of the greatest franchises in the, in the NFL of all time. Yeah. But they just don't have the juice anymore. Nope. And that and, Brady and you know juice what? is gone. Because the thing is, is that Brady was the system and it's it's like the the whole... Patriot way doesn't work 
Yeah. Like it's it's done now. It's simply done. This roster stinks. So he finally spent some money to try to go get some some talent. And Jonu Smith has not produced. You know what I mean? Like Hunter the, Henry has H- not produced. Hunter Henry either. has not produced. And not that's for my what, fantasy team for sure. So it's like if if the Patriots are going to get back to being a winning franchise, it's going to be after Bill Belichick. I just uh, I, I and I, that's not an indictment on him. No, dude. not He's at the all. Greatest coach greatest of coach, all time. Yeah. Greatest coach of all time and the greatest American sport of all time. But it's just like he, yeah. He's got to change his ways, and he's not going to. So the Patriots won't get back to consistently winning until they move on from him, and who knows when that'll be. Yeah, I agree. Buy or sell the last the Los Angeles Rams are making the Super Bowl and representing the NFC. I'm buying it right now because I just and it, look, they were my pick before the season started, and ninety percent of that is because I love Matthew Stafford, and I just knew that he would fit right in with that scheme and what they've got going with Sean McVay. But yeah, like I I, I just right now three games in again, I can't stress enough how early it is in the season a a million percent they look like the best team and not only in the nfc but in the league i i i I think at this point and you know we saw the matchup last week and an nfc championship game could be bucks rams potentially in los angeles i'm buying it as well we'll we'll, yeah we'll yeah go ahead no just real quick how about this this would be insane chargers rams in sofi stadium in los angeles That'd be unbelievable. Wait, my brothers and I were talking about that the other day. Like, could you imagine if that happened? The Battle of Los I am, Angeles. I am by no means predicting the Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. Love the Chargers, but, though. I, I'm predicting to go to the playoffs. I'll take that. I love Justin Herbert. I'm a big Herbert guy as well. The picks are next on the Green and White Report. All right, it is that time of week. We are about 12 minutes from games and 12 minutes from the end of the show here on another Sunday of the Green and White Report. It is time for the NFL picks. Trent, Henry, and myself against the spread every game today. Henry, take it over. All right, guys. First game, we got the Washington football team favored. Minus one and a half traveling to play the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why this surprised me because I literally had like a whole <laughs> day to look at the sheet here, but I, I don't know. I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta. I do. I do. I I not a football team guy. Atlanta is just in such a weird situation, Sloan. We talked about it two weeks ago about how that that Super Bowl team obviously is completely different now. You don't have Julio Jones. You don't have Shanahan anymore. But it's just like Matt Ryan is still good enough to win games. And the Washington football team, I'm just not convinced. Selling all my stock. Taylor Heineke. I like I like him actually. I just the and I like Riverboat Ron, former XFL legend. I just don't understand. Atlanta's the home team, and I don't and I think they have the better offensive weapons. So I don't understand why Washington's favored here. I like I just like Atlanta straight up. Mister Menegos, I'm actually with you here on this one, Trent. I, I think I, it, I like it. Really Atlanta confuses at home. me. This line really confuses me. Well, it doesn't confuse me because Atlanta's been a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> True, but for whatever reason, I'm not liking the football team traveling into Atlanta and, and beating them on their own home turf. So. Give me Atlanta as well. Wow, I I am not vibing with you guys on this pick. <laughs> I I'm in the complete opposite direction. I was shocked that the football team was only getting a point and a half. I'm gonna really? take I'm gonna take them to cover. I'm okay. gonna take them to cover. Okay, point that's like a pick them. Just, yeah, just like give me them. Give yeah. me them. Next game, Houston Texans travel to play the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored minus seventeen and a half Whew. at home. Sloan, you talked about this line before the before the show started, so I'll let you pick first. But I think I know where you're going here. You know. I don't want to be a turncoat. That is a lot of points. It is. But Davis Mills is very bad. Yes. Like, I, before the game, you and I were talking. Game. Show. Game. Show. Yeah. Look good, play good, feel good. I, all right. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills to cover. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm turning on my selection. I was like, oh, a lot of points. Give me the Bills. They're 
they could they could go to the Super Bowl this year. Such a big line, and this could be like a backdoor cover type situation. But dude, the Bills, I just think the Bills will cover. The Bills are like a like you said, Sloan, a true Super Bowl contender, and the Houston Texans have the lowest odds currently to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I terrible. I just, yeah. Give me the Bills as well. Henry. Honestly, I know nothing about the Houston Texans this year, which must mean they suck. Yeah. So give yeah. me the Bills. I yeah, love the Bills. Yeah. All right, next game. Actually, let's just, we're gonna save this game. This is a t- we'll save the Lions for the end. We always okay, do that. Okay, yeah, good. We're yeah, gonna save you. that one. We'll come back. Carolina Panthers traveling to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are giving up four and a half points. Um, ah, see, I just talked about how I don't buy the Cowboys, but dude, I just think with that right now, the Carolina Panthers have the number one run defense in the league. Is that correct? I think <laughs> they, that yes, that's so, true. So, in the they the, could bottle up Zeke. Well, Zeke is the Thunder, and Tony Pollard's the Lightning, and I just think... Fan, that, big fantasy impl- implications. Nice. Wow. Uh, no, very well done, Trent. Yet, yet another cliche. That was very well That's done. Six. But look, I just, think, I just think the Cowboys' offense is going to be a little handcuffed, and I like the Panthers to at least cover. Mr. Menegos? Man, I hate to say this. Give me the Cowboys. I, I kind of ah. like, like the Cowboys this year. I don't know if this I'm is on a tough the, pick. I don't know if I'm on the train, so to speak, but I, just, I think that they do have weapons, and they look good this year, so give me the boys. Four and a half is a really weird line. And usually when I see weird lines like four and a half, I take the favorite to cover. So I'm going with the boys as well. All right, next game, the Colts travel to play the Dolphins. Indiana taking two and a half on the road. Jacoby Brissett is their starting quarterback. QB of the future. Yeah, Yeah. he he is now with two out ribs. I like the Dolphins win by a field goal. I like them as well. I think this is going to be a gritty, gutty defensive game. I just cut Henry in line, which makes me a jerk. But (laughs) I'm taking Miami as well. I, you know, I think that I'd pick the under in this game. You know, if I was going to advise anybody out there, uh, it'll be gutty and gritty and black and blue. Give me the Colts. Give me the Colts money ah, line. Actually, descent. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sold on uh, the whole situation in Miami. And my, you know what? My roommate's a Colts fan, so I was. I, I got to give him something. Nick or Owen? Owen is a Colts fan. Wow, so. that's a surprise. Yeah, well, I think he's a Manning guy or something. Who does know. Nick like? Nick's uh, Lions. So it's Lions, right. Vikings, and, uh, and, Colts. and Colts. Wow. Oh, my. Diverse. That is Diverse. a Midwest group right there. Yeah, there it is. Next game, the Cleveland Browns travel to play the Minnesota Vikings. This is the dumbest line I've ever seen in my entire life. The Browns are going to win by 14. Oh. Dalvin Cook's out. Oh, I'm I, sorry, Hank. I'm sorry, Wait, Hank. Dalvin Cook is out? Yeah. i got to change my fantasy lineup. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's out, isn't Great. He? I, my my no, fantasy no. team is in, in, in all honesty, Hank, like I, I want your opinion on this as a Vikings fan because I – and you've also been high on the Browns this year. Uh-oh. I just it, – it is in Minnesota, but I just I, – I don't I, – Cleveland, how are they going to stop the Cleveland run? Well, they, they essentially made it a pick them. Yeah. But, you know, I, and I hate to say this, both teams have great weapons, I think. But, yeah. Uh, I think I honestly, I think the quarterback position is going to be the difference. Okay. Like, Vikings defense hasn't been great. And I think the I think the Browns can put up points today, so I'm oh, actually no. going to take the Browns. Which, this is so sad. This is very sad. Trent would never do this. Trent Henry Trent would never would never pick, pick, against, pick his against my team. I can feel no. the I can feel the sadness in yeah. Henry's voice. You know what? This is a weird game. I'm, I'm just going to pick the Vikings. Okay. I'm just going to pick the. You know what? It's a pick 'em. It it's pick weird. Em. I, you know, maybe a little letdown no, for, what, for, yeah. for 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 Cleveland. It's it's you know what. That's a weird line. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, Hank, I need you to enlighten me. I don't what, know what's why, going on. Why is that line? I I don't know why that line. Well, is no like one. That. The 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 line has never favored the Browns. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're, that's not a team that you go and like. I think it probably should be like you said, ten points almost today. That yeah. line tells me I to mean, pick the home team. Yeah, it's goal. That's that's true. Okay, that's that's the toughest one we've picked so yeah. far. I will say that. 
Next game, the New York Giants travel to play the New Orleans Saints. The Saints favored minus seven at home. Saints cover. Jameis has a great game. It's as simple as that. Simple. Hank. Yeah, Giants suck. I don't, I don't <laughs> like Jameis Winston that much, but I'm going to take the Saints at home as well. Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman, what they're doing right now in New York should be a crime. You want to talk about a Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia esque regime? Yeah. The the Giants are just dreadful. They could get the number one overall pick. Saints by a million. All right. Next game, the Tennessee Titans travel to play the New York Jets. Titans taking six on the road. Easy Titans. And I'm a Zach Wilson guy. I think he'll end up being all right. I just think he needs time to settle in. And that team is terrible. That roster's terrible. What are they doing? No line, no weapons. Yeah. They're gonna throw him into the fire. First year signal caller on right. offense. Like it's not it's not none of that is I, Zach Wilson's fault right yeah. now. So I will take the Titans because they're only six point favorites. I think they win by at least a touchdown. I think that is another potential blowout, but yeah, I think it's an easy one as well. Titans win by a touchdown. Uh, I'm going with easily. the Titans, too. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, both out for this game. That's a bit of a blow, but they're going to feed Derrick Henry. They're going to win big. All right, next game, we got Kansas City Chiefs traveling to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs favored minus 6.5 on the road. Uh, Chiefs cover. Again, I think this this line is a little... This line is a little small just because of the Chiefs' recent struggles, but Philly is terrible. We just talked about it. They might be the worst team in the league, so give me give me Kansas City. You know, Kansas City has not looked good the last couple of weeks. or I don't know if that's the right term, but they have been struggling. They have struggled. So, But I'm going to take the Chiefs here. It's, it's so hard to bet against them even despite those struggles, so I think they win by a touchdown. I feel like a rat for picking all these big favorites to cover. Yeah. Like, this is never what I like to do. But I'm going to pick the Chiefs to cover as well. I mean, you think of, like, Philly, the Giants, Atlanta, the Jets. That's the worst pocket of teams in the NFL, and they're all playing strong teams. Texans are playing Buffalo. This is just a polarized week for those matchups. So I'm, I mean, I'm taking all these teams to cover. Chiefs, Chiefs are covering. They're, they're going to win big. I'm going to go out and on a limb here and guess that this next one is the CBS game of the week. It's the oh, Cardinals yeah, yeah. traveling to play the Rams. The Rams are favorite minus four at home. So this is difficult because I will be rooting like hell for the Rams here, but I just think I think the Cardinals will cover. I think it will be decided by either a field goal or, or a last-second touchdown that puts the Rams up two or three. So I think the Cardinals will cover because I think it's going to be a tight game no matter how you slice it. But Rams win. You know, I'm actually going to take the Cardinals here too because I could, I could, I could imagine a world where the Rams drop one here. You know, yeah, not, this mean, isn't a team that goes undefeated, I don't think, and this could easily be a, a game that they drop. It's so a division me, game. Yeah, give me the Cardinals. I'm with Henry as well. I've got the Cardinals outright in this one. Oh, I still wow. think everything is in front of the, the, the Rams and Matthew Stafford. You know, I they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender, but I, I got them covering. Or I, I, got them, I got them winning outright. So Next game, we have the Seahawks traveling to play the 49ers. 49ers favored, minus 2.5 at home. Love Seattle here. Coming off that tough loss to, to Minnesota, and I just like, I, I like Russell Wilson in these situations. And I also don't think the 49ers are that great this year. I'm not sold on Seattle, so give me the Niners at home. Okay. I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks as well. This is a Russell Wilson game where he has a great week. Next game, we got the Ravens traveling to play the Broncos. The poor Broncos, Broncos favored minus one at home. See, the Broncos are 3-0, and but the teams they've beaten are 0-9. I'm sure everyone's heard about that. They got a great defense still, but I, I just, Lamar figures it out. Yeah, I don't think the Ravens are that great or anything, but I'm a little surprised at this line. I think I think the Ravens kill the Broncos today, actually. Okay. Uh, despite the fact that they have to go uh, to mile high. Their, yeah, to play at mile high. Yeah, I don't know what Vegas is thinking here. Respecting the Broncos, evidently, give me Baltimore big. I, how? Why they're getting a point is just 
asinine. Next game, we got the Steelers traveling to play the Green Bay Packers at uh, this is what is the line here? Packers favored minus six and a half at home. Um, gosh, this pains me. Uh, the Packers, I think, again, this is blowout territory in my opinion. So I like the Packers to cover. I'm going to take the Steelers in the points once again. I just cut in line. It's just weird. Like the, St- the Steelers are going to be a bad team, but they're going to be a weird bad team. Okay. Green Bay is going to win, but I think it might be a little sleepy. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in the points. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Luke. I think uh, I think the Steelers can at least cover six and a half. Packers, That's a lot of points. Yeah, Packers might come away with a win here, but I don't see it being a blowout. Um, so, I, yeah, give me the Steelers. Uh, the game that we all want to watch, I think, despite the fact that I hate giving into the national hype like this, Tampa Bay travels to play at the New England Patriots. Tom Brady coming home for the first time. Tampa Bay is favored minus six and a half on the road. We got about forty-five seconds left. Yeah, lots of weird narratives with this one. People thinking he's going to be emotional, whatever. I just don't think so. I think the Buccaneers roll. I I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum. I think it's too many points. I think the Bucks win, but I think the Patriots cover. Unbelievable game, unbelievable game. Yeah, I'm also taking the Bucks here. It's going to be exciting to watch though tonight. All right, last pick for you guys: the Detroit Lions driving to play the Bears. The Lions are giving up three. No, sorry, taking three on the road. Lions. Lions, 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 one pride, got nothing for you. I'm in, I'm not credible for this anyways, but Lions get their first win today. Dan Campbell's fired up. Why I, they're, why I want to believe pl- in something, yeah. one pride. I want to believe in one something. Give yeah, me Lions. I love it. Why they're plus three is simply beyond I know, me. like they're going to at least cover. A million they're, percent. They're going to win. That's about, they're going to win. They're, uh, yeah, I'm taking them outright as well. Yeah. Anyways, just the picks. shot out of a cannon today. NFL, college football, Michigan State, DJ Hank, Special guest, associate producer Peyton. Thank you, Zach Slowick, as well, for joining us in studio. Big NFL Sunday ahead. Big week again. Thank you once again. You can follow us on Twitter at GW Report, WDBM. You can also find us anywhere you find your podcast if you missed. Tell a friend about the show. But until then, we will see you next week on the Green and White Report. You have been listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. For all your sports news and notes, go to impact89fm.org slash sports.